all right, so we're going to do a little bit of, Every we usually morning. just do a little bit of talking like we're doing now, yeah. which will probably be the intro, and then I give the little intro thing. We'll talk a little bit about the band and the history. If you guys have any kind of input or anything, uh, you know, feel free. We'll kind of talk about our history with the song, and then we'll go through the song lyrics line by line. It's probably going to be kind of a shortish episode. Because there's not a whole lot of lyrics to the song. There really is. But there will be a lot to talk about, I think, with the lyrics and with the music video. We'll definitely have some other stuff to talk about. (laughs) All right. Are we ready? Yeah. I mean, we've been recording for a while. Yeah. Yeah. But now we should actually get into it. Welcome to Lyrics to Go, the podcast where we take a deep dive into lyrics that are questionable at best, but have largely dodged public ridicule until now. I am Mark, and I'm here with Seth. How are you, Seth? I had a little bit of a day. Um, you did. Got a bunch of work done today. We're recording on a Sunday just before this is supposed to go out, and it's been a while since I've seen you. I'm sad about that. I love coming in here. I love the routine of seeing you on a consistent basis. Mm. It's been a long time, and I don't like that. My car broke down on the way over here, my mm. truck. And that hasn't been fun. No. It's been a good week. I've felt great, um, you know, physically, keeping the carbs away still, no sweets, no soda, stuff like that. So I've felt fantastic. Good boy. Um, But uh, at the same time, knowing what we're getting to, the anticipation, the build... We're reaching a climax mm. here, Mark. We, we certain, yeah, we certainly are, and we're friend. almost, we're almost there. I wonder how we're going to we feel are. afterwards. <laughs> I think we're going to feel mighty relieved. This is so funny. I'm sitting here talking about this. I took my daughter yesterday to um, the uh, Echo Farm Day in North Fort Myers. Uh-huh. Which well, is, that's a very we- this is a very weird transition. <laughs> it is, but we're going somewhere. Okay. We're going. We're going to land on something, <laughs> right. and we're sitting there, and we're going to all the little kids stuff and craft tables and all this other stuff. And all of a sudden, I look over, and two little kids scream snakes, mm. and I run over and I see, and there's two little black racers on the ground. What looks like is fighting, and they are biting each other, and there's blood oh, coming out of okay. their necks. But then all of a sudden, they entangle themselves which i have suddenly Mm. recognized from nature channel david attenborough explaining it to me before as only he could do that these snakes were making other snakes ah and i got it it on video (laughs) (laughs) and the kids are going what are they doing yeah and you (laughs) got to explain you got to tell the kids relax and i'm like that snake just came home drunk from a hockey game And that snake is tired of his shit, and then all of a sudden, quite literally, they finish, and the one snake runs up and leaves, you know, gets up and leaves with its, you know, slithers away very quickly. Obviously, he was going to the bar to brag to his friends. But, yeah, um, he reached a climax. I'm hoping that we will we will uh, uh, reach that by the end of this. I wonder how we'll feel like those snakes. And what a, Are we what, going to the bar What better this? way do we have to segue to two snakes fighting <laughs> <laughs> and ultimately copulating yes. than to... Mention our guests now. We have Adam and Logan here. <laughs> Adam, Logan, how are you? And that's all my time. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. That was not scripted at all. It just sometimes kismet just finds a way. Yes. Um, both of you were on the No Nonsense Trivia podcast. Um, huge hit. Everyone loved you. Oh, thank you. I got to tell you all that um, when we did the after we did the episode. Um, immediately Seth heard the episode and was a huge fan as well. I consistently listen to that show 
Um, not to say that it had gotten stale because I enjoy every wow, episode. Wow. Fight. Not to say, yeah, I know, shots fired. But to say that all of a sudden I turn it on and these jokes and this new fresh perspective comes flying in from out of nowhere, it was a very pleasant surprise when I listened to it that Friday. It was a lot of fun. And you guys added a aspect that just hadn't, uh, something that I hadn't been there before. And I was like, holy shit. And I called Mark when we were kind of making plans for our next record. And I told him, I said, man, those guys, what a breath of fresh air on the show they were. Uh, I'm, and then didn't think about it at the time. However, when we started talking about a series of songs that we're working on, this kind of is, this is this bookends with, and we might talk about it in a second, last week's episode, I said, uh, maybe we should get them in for this one. Because we want a voice. We need a voice. More on that later. And it, I'm, I was just so excited throughout the week to have you guys in here because of what I heard you do on the no-no. Uh, it was fantastic. I'm, I'm pretty positive that you're going to bring some of the same of what you brought to that to this today. And I'm that hoping sass. that sass Ooh, that that and we're going no and this Ooh. is a little bit more I'd like to think uh, your speed because it's right up your alley so to speak. Um, we need your insight. We want your opinion. I am hoping that we are going to get it in abundance. I think we will. That almost goes without saying. Um, but yeah, uh, Mark, the song the song is that we are doing is "Relax" by Frankie. Goes to Hollywood. Adam Logan. What is your history with this song? Uh, so I remember seeing it on like VH1 Retro when they okay. would have like those segments. Oh, yeah. um, Way to make their entire audience feel old. <laughs> <laughs> we always feel old. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Seth and I do anyway because oh, we are old. So so I remember seeing the song, but seeing the uh, the Tay music video, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> yes. Uh, but also I'd hear it on the radio and... I knew immediately I always thought the song was a little weird. Uh, but I remember when I was like in middle school or high school, even when my mom, <laughs> that song came on, my mom immediately just told me, Oh, that song's inappropriate. It's about sex. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh. Got it. So, um, so yeah, I think that's pretty much wraps up the episode. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, <my> time. <laughs> that's all the commentary needed. I it's just a background song for me for the last 30 years like I have no relationship until like two weeks ago when Adam mm -hmm. Adam just puts things on the TV regardless of what I'm watching I can be in the mm -hmm. middle of the last of us crying because of <laughs> oh, two gay lovers oh, and then Adam will be oh, like look they at this just funny video just <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah w talking uh, you know I want you to tell a little bit more about your story mm -hmm. but again talking kind of about the kismet of this episode is before I even asked you guys to do it, right? Yeah, we had literally just had a conversation. Because again, I to me, this is just like, oh, this is on the fucking radio. Right, a background song. Who cares? You bob your head to it. But then, like, two weeks ago, Adam was like, "Did have you ever seen how fucking crazy this music video is? <laughs> and I was enthralled. <laughs> okay. It's, yeah, it yeah, is it, it's, it's crazy. I had never even, and like, I had never taken the time to listen to these so obviously sexual lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> never went out once. Yeah. Um, the, the, there's kind of only one verse in this song, sort of. Mm -hmm. And I am very curious to get your guys' take, all three of you, on what the hell they mean. Because the verse is a, a little strange. Uh, there's a couple different ways maybe you could take it. Um, but I, I'm, I'm interested in getting into that. Are you guys more well, Seth? What is your history with this song? Um, it was the the 
there are two two videos that, that we're speaking like, of. There you were like a, 22 in the song. Exactly. I was already, I had by that time been shaving for a few years. <laughs> I was in preparation of visiting the clubs. Um, 1983. It, yeah, 83. Yeah, I do remember. There are two versions. There's the one that we are more enthused by, and then there's a, a less... A, a tamer version that is on that was on MTV that they did play I on Logan MTV. referred to it as a snooze fest. If oh I it kind of is so fucking well, especially the, on the tail end of the other music video. Yeah, it's the version like, edit. <laughs> to me, that's like most '80s music videos. Uh-huh. It's just the band playing. Oh yeah, absolutely, and and eight and lasers. Yeah, yes. lasers, lasers. So much Tons smoke. Of lasers. Yes, so many lots, lasers. Lots of smoke. A lot of thump bass, a lot of, a lot of. You could almost mistake it for like a Phil Collins video or something. I <laughs> yes. mean, yeah. So May as well be Susudia. I saw the that that was the version that I saw as a kid. Didn't really care about it. Knew it. Now I don't know if you guys know this, but there was a uh, proliferation of the T-shirt for this song. This song had its own mm. T-shirt. That when I was a kid, you saw tons and tons of girls that a lot of them in their Madonna wear, because this came okay. out at the same time as the Material Girl, wearing a t-shirt that said, Frankie says, relax. Ah! <laughs> it so was even funny. made famous on an episode of Friends mm-hmm. when Ross came out wearing the t-shirt. I'm, I'm sorry, Rachel came out. One of them came out wearing the t-shirt. And it the was, other one looked was and said, his. Yeah, and he said, how, what do you, how dare you wear my favorite t-shirt or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was referencing, obviously, the, the early 80s, and this was 20 years after the fact at the time. Um, not, you know, not really in the forefront of my mind. I was, there was definitely at that time, I was much more anxious to see like Motley Crue videos Mm -hmm. and, and Van Halen and stuff. And, and Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson is the same time period as this. Um, but it didn't really stand out in my mind, but I do know the song just from the fact of the, that I, I, it's been there throughout the, almost the entirety of my conscious life. And I do know a lot about it now, as far as. The things in it, and in de- definitely referencing the first video that we watched, it looks like they are going to go into certain clubs that I have been into before. Um, there, just a, this is have something been in or have been into have have visited. Okay, have been in these clubs because into, into has is a different, different connotation. No. And into I'm into these clubs. You I'm into be, them. We were talking about David Attenborough before. This could be the David Attenborough of King Clubs. There you it go. It very well could. Um, there was a there was uh, in my teens and twenties a club that if in my teens, if anybody heard about, yeah, you know, they made jokes about you going there. But by the time you were old enough to go into clubs, TBL? the bottom line, have yes. you ever heard of it? Yes. yes. And you're, was and you're that making the, faces. Was that scandalous? When I was a kid, when oh, it first true. opened, yeah, when I, I was a kid, it was for, you know, for cis kids that, you know, oh my goodness, you went in there. However, then by the time you're in your twenties and you go in there and you go, holy shit, this is the coolest damn club in Fort Myers by oh. far. In, in Fort, Fort Myers. Myers. Okay, yeah. I was about to say because... <laughs> Wait for that stipulation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we were very tail end of the bottom line. Yeah. Oh, you, so you had been there. Yeah, we Okay, been. so... We went there like a few months before they closed down, and so like... like 2017? Earlier even. The bottom yeah, line for anybody then, not yeah. in Fort Myers was a very popular gay club. It was basically, as aside from a couple of other places like the Office Pub, which I think was a smaller gay club that was right next to where my mom used to work in a couple yeah. of, it was basically the only real mm-hmm. hip gay club around in Fort Myers that I knew of. Yeah, it was like warehouse, dance club, mm-hmm. right on shows, the very edge the of a CD part of town. No, right. it's on Evans. Evans. Um, yeah, on the and and 
And by the time you got to your late 20s, you're like, holy shit, this is... And, and, and by that time, by the time I was in my 30s, um, there were plenty of cis people that went there all the time. Just I knew a bunch fact. of people from high school or that, right out of high school that would go there because just because it was place. more fun. Yeah, it was far more fun. Yeah. I mean, you could if you had gone to any other of the you know, and there were very few of them dance clubs. And how dare you actually go out and get on a dance floor? You know, if you didn't look the part and if you didn't have the moves and if whereas oh. if you went into uh, the bottom line, it did not matter what the fuck you look like or what you were you were almost required to dance when you went oh, in there 100%. It, was, it was fantastic being straight sounds exhausting i yeah <laughs> yeah it kind of yeah, is sometimes it definitely yeah can. trying to hold up you know at, at back then it's got to be easier now because kids aren't under the same i think i think under the same uh, level of you know oh i have to present myself this way in order to avoid you know scandal or anything like that i think it's i think it might be a little easier i will say that i i I, uh, you know i think that i I like to think that there's been a good amount of progression we're definitely not where they should be but i feel like be but i feel like more (laughs) straight people are fine with being more androgynous or Mm -hmm. open if they feel something other than being straight which i think is good for everyone, I think it's good. I for... think it's safe to say that t- 30 years ago, you and I might have been very uncomfortable talking about the topics that we're talking now. Yeah, I, I, I would know. have. I mean, I'll admit it. I would. I, yeah. I, I, well, you I'm... were brought up in a... Seth was brought up in a very Christian household. Strict. Strict. My yeah, mom... Southern Baptist uh, trauma. Pentecostal, but but very close. <gasps> oh, no, yeah. I My auntie was Pentecostal, so I've spoken in tongues before. <laughs> I've, I, have th- I have caught the spirit. Just last week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll tell you, I, you know, my, my relationship with Gaydom... My mom was, um, <laughs> for lack of better, I love whatever it, it is, um, my mom was best friends with a group of gay people uh, in college. She was very into, uh, like, she was in musical theater and stuff like that. Oh, that's spelled, yeah, there we There go. you go. Um, and then she got married to a guy named John Davis, who is where I got my last name from. <laughs> I keep expe- I don't know why I keep expecting who is gay. And the, uh, from, he was gay. Uh, from oh, Morning Edition. Oh, that is the story. And, and he was gay. My oh, mom. Well, yeah. there's another in, he, in Morning Edition he, guy, right? On in uh, uh, John Davis. You might yes, have to is around here. Edit this. I'm sorry. Well, that's fine. Yeah. And I mean, it's not him. <laughs> it's <laughs> no, 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 John Davis. But there's another John Davis. Um, and uh, he uh, went to go hang out with his friend in a cabin for the weekend, and she went and picked him up, and he had basically like beard burn on his face and she realized that he was gay was his then, best friend heath ledger i don't i don't know who his best friend <laughs> yeah she was married to jake gyllenhaal Nathan <laughs> Davis. so she ended up finding out that she had married a gay guy broke her heart um oh, yeah a lot of fighting a lot of animosity between the two of them i've i found letters ugly divorce fighting between the two of them you know, uh, very, very ugly. Got divorced, never changed her name. Mm-hmm. Ultimately had me with my father, but never changed her last name. So I have the I have the last name of my mother's ex-gay husband who broke her heart. There's a movie in here. <laughs> there is definitely I a movie would, somewhere I would in see here. this movie. My it's mom, already been greenlit. My mom, They're working was, pre-production on the Mark Davis story. My mom, I was very much a mama's boy growing up, for sure. Uh, had a tumultuous relationship with my father. 
that pretty much got like okayed. This is therapy now, by the way. I was gonna say like I'm here. Let's do group therapy. <laughs> so my let's go. My mom would because I was such a mama's boy always thought that I was gay, and would tell me she hoped I wasn't gay. And the reason that she said that was because I because I had the attitude of what would be wrong with being gay. Mm-hmm. And she was like, because I saw how hard it was yeah. for these people that I went to college with and how ostracized they were, how ridiculed they were, how they were spat on, how hard their life was. And I don't want that for you. That is something that as a parent that I've thought about with other about other parents and like, you know, people say, you know, you want to accept your child for who they are. And of course, that's what we shoot for. And that's what, but nobody that I know that has a kid thinks to, as far as I know, thinks to themselves, I want my child to be gay for the reason that it's just, we see, we've seen it for so many years as just being harder. It's harder. Even in this day, even, and we've talked about just a few minutes ago about how it might be hard to be, you know, cis, and I get the joke, but it's it's harder. It's 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 definitely harder. It's it's it, there's more for a kid to unpack as they have those feelings that let's face it, seventy five, eighty five percent of the other kids are not going to have. So they are different than the majority in that degree. So it's harder for well, them. Well, different for what we know. Yeah, for, different for what we know. Because I think that there is definitely a lot of people who still have queer feelings. Right. But even if society doesn't tell them that you can't share those feelings. They feel that because of their family, they can't share them. Right, right. Because of their religion, they can't feel them. Right. Because of other family members, they oh, can't so feel them. Oh, so many exterior factors. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but, but however, I do have to say, in spite of all the work that we still need to do, we've never been this far along as a country as we are today. I Would mean, you 30 years ago. I'm going to let Adam take this, because I think Adam yeah. is very eloquent in talking about this particular aspect in terms of progress. Um, maybe three years ago, yes. Oh. Um, not recently. Mm-hmm. We are quickly slipping backwards. Um, I think right about 2015 was probably the height Ugh. of like A good year to be gay. That we was, are progress. Gay marriage was that year, right? Uh, gay marriage was 2013. Okay, because okay. I, I was a freshman I in college. Close. Um. So I was a freshman in college whenever they legalized gay marriage. But just to show how quickly it's come, like, when I was 10 is whenever um, Lawrence v. Texas was struck, struck down and oh, that legalized uh, sodomy in... And that was 2003, Lawrence v. Texas. It's a landmark case. Mm-hmm. Everyone should know about it. Um, and until 2003, like Adam said, if it you were committing buggery or sodomy, like, that was a criminal offense. In- I think it was 11 or 13 states, one of which was Florida. Big surprise. Um, so so when I was 10, sodomy was legalized. So like gay sex, as the media often says when they refer to that uh, case. Then when I was a freshman in college in 2013, so that's 10 years later, uh, same-sex marriage was legalized. So since then, it's been on a track. So like same-sex marriage in terms of gay and lesbian equality. Um especially like for those who are in like upper middle class, especially white mm-hmm. gay and lesbian life. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. There's been great progress, especially in that. But whenever the movement was starting to like shift and especially in terms of like after gay marriage was legalized, a lot of those large 
campaigns were centered around gay marriage for such a long time that so many other issues that had kind of been to the back burner in terms of uh, gender nonconforming, transness, you know, uh, gender affirming care, queer youth homelessness, queer youth homelessness, huge one still today. Um, a lot of that was put on the back burner, but because marriage was so central, it was from my perspective. Um, and of course, this is as diverse of opinion as the queer community is itself diverse. Um, to myself, that felt like very, all right, let's go home. And all the action kind of ended. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so then as, especially with gender affirming care and like trans issues started coming up, that's whenever a lot of very reactionary things. And a lot of the comments you hear now about gender affirming care and being trans and uh, just gender nonconforming, whether it's bathrooms or locker rooms or seeking medical care, whether it's mental or physical, um, a lot of these comments are the same ones that are being made, especially during like the early 2000s. And like right now, the state of Florida has introduced 20 plus anti-LGBTQ uh, bills in Tallahassee. Listeners take note. And <clears throat> there's hundreds of others in other state houses across the country. Yeah. So in the last three years, yeah, I would definitely agree with you. Three years ago, yeah, we had reached a height, but there's been there's this reactionary push that's slowly starting to erode that progress of trans rights. And now they're like, you know, they're not going to stop at trans rights or right. gender affirming rights. They're like queer rights, which there's no discrimination laws or anti-discrimination laws in the state of Florida for like queer issues or like same-sex issues for like gay and lesbians or bisexual people so all those things that really it's just marriage and like same-sex adoption that's the only thing that's really progressed since 2003 and i also want to just add on that and say that even same-sex marriage we should not consider that solid set in stone permanent anything that we have as a right oh we have seen the yeah. right for women to choose what happens to their bodies slowly mm-hmm. be taken away and then suddenly you know pulled right out from under their feet across the country on a federal yeah. level and that's just i mean yeah absolutely devastating um that's, after roe v wade being like thank god we won that and we then know all these right. years later we, we do exactly. know that things can be taken yeah. away we are we are i mean we are Listener, take note. Things can be taken away. Yeah. Um, and the fact that we have to consider gay marriage, like, even a thing. Right. The fact that, like, people shouldn't just be able to marry another human being that they want to marry. Like, the fact that, like, that's the mm. high goal that we're shooting for. It's like, that shouldn't even have to be a goal. That should just be, like, an no, inalienable no. right. The government should really be involved in your bedroom. Like, yeah. that's, we re- that's what we really need, is for the government to be like, all right, what position? Oh, mm, I don't know about that one. Guy, let I've me, already got enough bureaucracy in my Let sex, me fight man. at 2 a.m. So about snacks with whoever the fuck I want to, all right? That's the Who real- took my last Zagnut, goddammit? It can only be you. That's the gay issue we haven't been talking about, which is groceries. Yes, that's where absolutely. the majority of that's where the, the breakdown of the marriage takes place. Who's going <laughs> to clean the kitchen? Who's going to get that groceries? Is, you, you, yep. That's some real ass shit. Jennifer, take note. My <laughs> wife. Um, so uh, last week we covered. Um, well, well no, I just real quick. I just want to say ahead. 
Thank you. Thank you for, for your insight. insight. Yes, Thank that's you the first much. thing that needs to be I said. I appreciate it. Last week we did an uh, an episode on a song called "Dude Looks Like a Lady" by Aerosmith. Don't know if you've heard it or not. Oh, I'm sure you probably haven't to a little bit of the episode. Yeah. Um, but we very much wanted to get a trans person in here for their insight, not just have a token trans person. This week we are dealing with a song that is. Uh, it's it's a gay song. It's it's from the gay community. That's where it's rooted. That's where it's from. We do not just want the token gay people in here. We want to have a voice for because our opinions do not count. Our opinions do not count when it comes to this. It is not our lives. We are two people that are in every sense of the word cis and heterosexual we both like cars football beer you know things along the uh, of that nature i've got 50 percent of that so i'm halfway <laughs> and there. this is and this is not this is not our voice we can only um get uh, offer up an opinion from the outside not from the inside and we could not have that last week which was a real shame mark had tried to set that up to where we could it was mentioned in the episode but i'm so glad that you guys have showed up because we're going to talk about frankie goes to hollywood i will say i you know, do you guys see this as being a gay or queer song? Uh, I do, but that's a lot of songs. Okay. Um, I like. I really try to lump and like try to recognize a lot of queer artists and a lot of queer music. Um, like amazing, uh, book that really opened my eyes uh, to a lot of early artists, especially in the early twentieth century, was um. I think it's called Music That Made Me Gay or Songs That Made Me Gay. Please okay. tell us some. Uh, so, like, they talk about, like, early uh, jazz musicians like Ma Rainey okay. Um, okay. and Lucy Bolg. Okay. Awesome. And then they go through, like, uh, Janis Joplin. Mm. You know, just flash forward How a about lot. Doris Day? Yeah. Doris Day. Doris Day. Dusty Springfield. Yeah, yes. Um, mm-hmm. Um, um, what's her name? She's saying, um, it's my party. I can cry if I want to. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, oh, who is that? I, oh, is that? I'll find it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just yeah. found out about one um, by Doris Day called Secret Love, which if you listen Leslie to it is Gore. not. Leslie Gore. Yes. Uh, it's not, um, um, it's not, if you listen to it, it could just be about a secret love from, you know, a, a, a cis relationship. However, um, in the context from which it was taken and that it was included in a movie where she plays Calamity Jane, who comes off as being at the time, because at the time gay lifestyles were still very, very much underground. That was the way it was. And people looked at this as kind of a wink towards that community at the time. And it's something that I learned about just this last week, um, this song, Secret Love. And uh, and and it's it's actually a really fr- I love old old you know mu- music like this and it's a really really fantastic song whether it be an anthem for you know uh, an early movement or not it's still a fantastic song. Yep. Um, but what other are there more modern um, gay artists that you like? One that I like a hell of a lot is Rufus Wainwright. I don't know if you've ever heard him. He's fantastic. Okay. It's Loudon Wainwright's son. Yeah, he's really good. Any that you like. Specifically, God, I have a list. Do you need a second? Because I could go. You can go ahead. <laughs> uh, so, Cakes Tequila. I primarily listen to like rap, hip hop. Cakes Tequila is probably one of the best lyricists that's on the face of the planet. Obsessed. Um, God, the Eulogy is one of the best albums. I fucking love it so much. 
uh, Lef, which I don't know if they finally changed the spelling of it. It's L-E-1, like the numeral one, mm-hmm. F, um, is another really great one. Princess Nokia oh, is yeah. Very, yeah, yeah, very, good. very good. Uh, fuck. Um, probably one of the more, like, popular ones, uh, Coconuts. Oh, Kim Petras. Kim Petras. Kim Petras. Yeah, oh, she's, oh. she's probably my favorite Body artist shop. right now. Yeah, mm. oh, that song's so flipping good. Like, I hate that song so much. <laughs> Do you really? I love it. Just because I've heard it so fucking In much. the last month? Yeah. Oh my God, it caught um, fire. But, but Sam, just to let you know, gay or not, Sam Smith just about makes me cry every time I hear him sing. That's why I can't listen to Sam Smith. I don't like... Oh, he's so good. I'm not a... I'm too emotional, so I have this, like, characterization of, like, I don't like emotions. <laughs> gotcha. Sam Smith is all, like, emotion ballads you being cheated on. I know what Ugh. you've done. The Grinder song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm very familiar. Um, those are, the like, some of the ones off the top of my head. Um, Adam, do you have any others? Oh, I was just gonna... Um, Sophie... Uh, R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, she was an amazing trans artist. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kim Petras actually thanked her um, for being like an early trans trailblazer. That's fantastic. Um, and like Kim Petras, like her songs are just so fun um, and also like creepy and dark uh, as well. Yeah. And like, I mean, just her mixtape, uh, Slut Pop. Slut I mean, Pop is really good. I mean, just and the title alone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, and Transylvania. Transylvania. Oh, that's amazing. I, I haven't heard that yet. <laughs> oh, that's so. I'm not as big into Kim Petras as Adam is, but like those songs that have kind of like a German goth techno vibe mm. to it is very, very fucking good. And she mixes in because she speaks. She's a native German speaker, so she mm-hmm. like slips it in there, and it just sounds so insidious. Not to like not to shade the German language, no. but like the way that she like puts it in there and reverbs it is really really fun. Hey, listen, I listen to Du Hast. That shit's insidious. <laughs> <laughs> that is insidious. All right. Um, oh, one more question. Okay. Um, do you ever relate to any of the? I worked at a record store for quite a while, and there was a fellow there that I made very good friends with. Pete. He was awesome. And um, he was, he grew up uh, in the 80s and everything with him, he was at tech, Take Six had just come out and that was what he was into. But for the most part, he was into uh, Erasure, Pet Shop Boys. I know that's a little bit after, I mean, before, you know, your mm-hmm. consciousness. This is around the same time as Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Does that, does that ever enter into your listening at all? Music like that? Maybe even Jimmy Somerville? Um, well, I'm not too much into like rock um mm-hmm. per se um and like i've only really heard the one pet shop boys it's a sen song uh-huh. um and then of this era like early 80s um i can't believe for, i forgot him he's my favorite singer uh sylvester yeah oh okay yeah, yeah yeah amazing you make me feel Mm. Yeah. Not really. You just lost you viewers go. for that. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt um, it. So I'm more into like disco. Like I'm Diana Ross, Donna Summer, Sylvester. Style, yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah. So more on that side. So that's really the only reason I haven't really listened to. Have you all ever listened to um, uh, uh, "You're Wrong About"? It's a podcast, mm-hmm. and they did an episode that was about the death to disco. Um, Oh, you yeah. know, uh, whole thing and how it was basically like just targeted toward gay, black yep. and gay Hispanic people. And it was very, very eye opening for me. And I was also probably one of those. It's cool to not like disco. So I don't like disco. 
and then I realized how much disco is fucking good. It's so fucking good. And if you guys have ever, there's a there's a very popular video that's going around of Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters who played in drums for Nirvana, where he was talking to Pharrell and talking about how so much of his drumming in Nirvana was just aped from early cameo. disco. Yeah, cameo, cameo and different yeah. like those gaku gaku like those kinds of like drum fills and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I I love that you know that stuff was being you know listened to and utilized and you know, moved from one kind of a music to another. Um, okay. We got to start talking about this. Yeah. At yeah. Some point. Thank you for your insight on everything yes. that you've given us, but we need you guys to talk about relax. By Frankie Mark. goes to Hollywood. I will say, um, you know, at first kind of my attitude was, I wonder if this is a gay song, but there's really nothing I, I thought inherently gay about it when I started finding out what it's about. And then I was like, I, I wonder like, is anybody in this band gay? And I quickly, then mm-hmm. saw the music video and found out it absolutely is. <laughs> there's there's no doubt about it. So my opinion on your earlier question differs a little bit from Adam's. I don't think the song is an inherently gay song. I think it's a kink song. I think it's focused. I mean, it's edging. The, mm-hmm. Like, just beating the point. Like, that's what it's. Yeah. Because I don't know if we're ready for the lyrics or not. But, like, relax, don't do it. He's talking about don't don't ejaculate right it's literally that so to me like if i just hear the song like oh this is just about kink and it's like the bottom of the barrel of kinks because edging is like that's starter like here's your starter pokemon of kink yeah don't kink shame but what if that is their kink (laughs) well i mean like you know by and large we're all men here we've all been worried about coming too early (laughs) i don't think so no maybe not but i you know it's definitely uh it's definitely a common trope of men to uh, you know, think about baseball so they don't come. Yeah, you don't you want know, to be known think as about, two you know, pump chump. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think in the lyrics there are a couple of different uh, hints as to things you yeah. can do to not. Um, so it's kind of you know whether or not you're talking about specifically edging or you're just talking mm-hmm. about not coming early. Relax, um, don't do it. Yeah, it's start almost... to think about baseball. Relax, <laughs> that's don't a, do yeah, it. That's the think cake. about grandball. Oh Jesus <laughs> Christ! I don't know about that second one. Uh, but uh, let's talk a little bit about the band. So, frankly, go, Frank, Frankie, frankly, Frankie, frankly, 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 Sinatra. <laughs> yes, Frankie goes to Hollywood. Synth pop band from 1980, Liverpudlians, Liverpool, just like the Beatles. Liverpool, the, the edgiest city in the UK, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah for real. We will, we will make the uh, the history of the band a little short. Um, Hanging out in a whole different cavern. Indeed. Yes. Uh, so they, they, they get together in 1980. Three years later, they are signed to ZTT Records that is run by who, Seth? I have no idea. Trevor Horn. No, it doesn't. That just... Now, Trevor Horn has popped up in this <laughs> podcast about three times now, four times. And he will undoubtedly pop up again. Owner of a Lonely just, Heart. Yeah. The Buggles. The Buggles. Asia. He's all over the place. Yeah. Um, and here he is again. Just getting his, uh, getting sticking his fingers uh, in a bunch of different pies. In a new kind of pie. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, he hears the song. What a good boy is he? He he hears the song and he goes, uh, he's uh, actually hanging out with Chris Squire from Yes. Yes, hears them playing the song. Chris Squire, a famous bass player. And says, these guys are kind of interesting. Why don't you sign them? So Trevor Horn goes, okay. (laughs) <laughs> and goes and talks to them and signs them, and they put the song out. Um, they also released a song called Two Tribes, 
when that song was released, Two Tribes went to number one. This song went to number two. And The Power of Love. They were one of the... Not long after that. They were one of the first bands to hold one and two in the UK charts since John Lennon. The only people that had done it were John Lennon, The Beatles, and I think there was one other artist. I'm going to guess Elton John. Uh, I don't think it was. No? Okay. Um, But uh, not not 100% sure. Um, So, you know, they, uh, they were a very popular UK band. Yeah. Um, and the song was banned, uh, on UK radio. The music video was banned on the BBC and on MTV. Uh, the video that we're going to the, talk about here in a little one. bit. The video that will the be. The good video. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, kind of, kind of slow climb up the chart, uh, which is perfect. A long ascent to climax until it hit number one. It ended Edgy. up spending 54 <laughs> weeks, I think, on the charts. Um, and came from the album Welcome to the Pleasure Dome, which is good name, an apt name. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit of background about the song. Um, I think, you know, everyone in the world, if you unless you've been living, you know, under a rock, you've heard the song. And I, too, always kind of took it as a background. Um, and uh, there's not a whole lot of lyrics to this. So a good thing that we filled it with, you know, actual great content rather than some of these lyrics that we're probably going to fly right through. Um, I will also mention that um, I saw a pretty interesting um, quote um, from who was it? Uh, uh, I saw a pretty interesting thing. The record company's ad campaign for the song started with a quarter page ad in the British music press featuring an image of backup dancer or backup singer slash dancer Paul Rutherford mm-hmm. in a sailor cap accompanied by the phrase, all the nice boys love sea men and declaring Frankie goes to Hollywood are coming, making Duran Duran lick the shit off their shoes. <laughs> Love uh, it. <laughs> it described the seven and 12 inch singles of uh, vinyl singles of relax as 19 inches. That must be taken always. So they were very, they were pushing this very, very hard, and I'm here for it. I this, love it. This sounds like Liverpool people, man. Yes, they're very, yeah, in your face, not not unapologetic. Gary Newman, the singer of Cars and uh, Down in the Park, etc., said, "When I heard this, it plunged me into a pit of despair. <laughs> the production was so good, the sounds so classy, that it seemed to move the entire recording business up a gear." We were all left floundering, trying to catch up. That sounds Gary Newman. It does. Yeah. So very, very interesting. Uh, this is the only song that was released on analog tape uh, from them. Everything else was released digitally. So this is when people were recording from tape to hard drive and to digital tape. When you're running to the cassette deck, when you heard it on the radio to get that single. Yes. By hit press and record and play. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. The song was recorded four times. Trevor Horn was not happy with any of them until he finally used a Lynn drum machine to get that sound. And then recorded, and that's the version that we listen to today. So a little bit of background as far as the band and the song is concerned. Uh, anybody have anything they want to add before we start getting into the lyrics? I think we've covered it. I have multiple members of the group. I guess we can add that. Um, quite a few personnel throughout the years. Of course, uh, Paul Rutherford being, I think, the 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 face of Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Frankie, Go- He's probably what you would refer to as Frankie. Um, Holly Johnson, a female, provided vocals, uh, background stuff. Marco O'Toole, Brian Nash, Peter Gill, Ryan Malloy. Um, other early members, a guy named Jed O'Toole. But not, you know, this we don't have Starship or Jefferson Airplane level lineup changes with this band. Seems to be pretty consistent. Um, 
And yeah, I think I think we've reached that point where we talk about words. Holly Johnson is a man. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm so sorry. Uh, his I'm name is so William Holly sorry. Johnson, and I would say that he is arguably one of the main. You know, maybe I'm sorry. He is Frankie. Frankie. You're absolutely correct. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. queer. Yeah. I'm sorry. And queer. A- absolutely. Yes. Very much played uh, bassist. Uh, played played bass for Big in Japan uh, prior to joining um, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Another um, amazing name. That's indeed, that is name. a good name. Yeah, uh, at 14, Johnson took the name Holly, inspired by actress Holly Woodlawn, a friend of uh, Andy Warhol, um, and was big into glam music like T Rex, Mark Bolin, um, etc. And uh, they started uh, they started playing loads of music, and, and eventually, and a, accomplished painter, by the way, and an accomplished painter. apparently, yeah, he was on a he did the cover for a Christy McCall, who was a flipping incredible singer sang with the pogues um on one of her singles go ahead there you go um so in the lyrics you know we've got that famous drum beat and keyboard part yep and uh he says mine right off the top you did is is that what you always thought he was saying no i just there were a couple lyrics here that i did not know include one including one of the famous ones Mm, yeah that they did a good job of hiding uh give it to you one time now um, we use uh, we use the website genius.com here, which usually has the annotations. Go. <laughs> God bless you. Uh, so this song apparently was or this line was sampled um, in a cover of Edwin Starr's War, hmm. um, which I had never heard, but I'll have to check out. Uh, we got some more like, well, whoa, you know, just kind of like some, some very some... cerebral lyrics that we should. <laughs> It, it requires a degree of deconstruction of the art form, really. Sounds, sounds a little bit like a cat in heat. <laughs> Just kind of like a... Wow. Wow. I never thought about it that <laughs> Relax, don't do it. When you want to go to it, relax, don't do it. When you want to come, relax, don't do it. When you want to suck it, chew it, relax, don't do it. When you want to come, 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 come. And I guess, you know, as a kid, I always thought nothing of it. <laughs> I guess maybe it was so on the nose. I didn't think of like actually coming. I thought this was about dancing when I was a kid. Okay. I fully thought this was like, because kind of going back to what you were referencing earlier, Seth, like where people were especially like, oh, you have to be masculine. You have to be this mask. Mm-hmm. You can't dance. You can't. Exp-. You have to like, I thought uphold the standards. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was like about like, no, just relax and go have fun, which it is also about relaxing and having fun. But Agreed. Yes. Indeed. Very much so. I thought whenever I first heard this again on a VH1 retro mm-hmm. when I was a young child um, and I saw the boring music video. Of course. I would always be confused by band names. I didn't know which one was the band name yes. and which one was like the song name. Oh, okay. So, this needs to be addressed. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so I I was confused because I thought like Frankie Goes to Hollywood Relax was the song. The song. Oh. So whenever they're saying like, you know, you know, relax, don't do it. Um, when you want to come, like when you want to come, come on. I thought they were saying like, Oh, like in reference to like Frankie goes to Hollywood. Pursue your dreams. <laughs> Pursue to, your dreams. Go to, to Hollywood. Hollywood. Frankie? What's your dream? <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is accurate. I've heard people from my youth, from from very first seeing them, saying the same thing. 
and that was uh, that was kind of th- that point was reiterated with the making of the T-shirt when it says Frankie says relax. You know, kind of like it, it, is that the song? You know, is it is the song Frankie says relax? So yeah, it was it was kind of a, it was kind of the same thing. Are you following? You know, or when you want to come, when you want to do, you know, when you want to follow through on those dreams, so to speak. Yeah. So to throw censors off the scent when Relax first came out, the band claimed publicly that it was written about motivation, <laughs> which I love. Um, Do you think that succeeded? Meanwhile, meanwhile no. they got the guy dressed up as a uh, as a as a sea boy that says right. "boys love semen" or whatever it is, and they're like, "No, no, it's not about gay stuff. It's not about jerking off. It's about." You know, motivation. Go out there and join the Navy or something. It's it's about Her Majesty's Navy. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Later, they confessed that it was actually about shagging. Uh, We'll talk probably a little bit more about that. Uh, One thing I want to mention also is that um, because, you know, this is kind of like the Lady Doth protest too much. Because it was banned, people flocked Mm -hmm. to record stores to find it. Because, of course, no one's going to be like, oh, it's banned? Well, then I should stay away from it, I'm sure. The fam- fam- f- fan- fantastic, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get these words out. Fantastic Andrew Hickey, one of my favorite podcaster- podcasters, often reiterates, nothing will put an album to the top of the sales or record charts quicker than saying it's banned on the radio. Indeed. Banning the record seems to have created an air of mystery about it. We have had people coming in asking to hear the record to find out what all the fuss is about. Some commercial radio stations in the UK put it in hot rotation, boasting they were playing, quote, the song that the BBC banned. Rose to number two on January 21st and hit the top spot a week later. So what good, you know, banning it just basically got this, you know, don't come anthem. Did you ever hear Band in the USA by Two Live Crew? Oh, yeah. It's fucking awful. Yes. Absolutely awful song. But I had to hear But it. everybody ran out and bought it. Well, I did the same thing, and I God, I hate to admit this. I did the same thing with with uh, Andrew Dice Clay. When I was a kid, it was like, don't, you know, this is like way too gross. This is way too obscene. And I was like, great, where can I find it? Yes. <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? Now, I mean, the guy is a piece of shit. <laughs> so yeah. looking, you know, hindsight being 2020, but um, yeah, I, I was definitely So you're like, saying the government had a point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you heard it here first, Mark Davis, government <laughs> stooge, <laughs> hyper capitalist. <laughs> oh Christ! There goes everything I've worked so hard for. <laughs> um, relax, don't do it when you want to suck it, chew it. So I will That's admit so funny. to thinking that it was sock it to it. Oh yeah, because they did a great job of hiding for twenty five years and. They intended for that. They they told people that the lyric was "sock it to it." Yeah, and then like, like it was Rowan and Martin's laughing. Yeah, Ro- absolutely. Yeah. And so all these years later, you know, uh, well, I don't know exactly when it was when he actually kind of like came out and said the the truth of what it was. He definitely said, in the digital I, age. He said, "I should know. I'm the one who sang it." November um, 1999. Was when he came out and said it. Oh okay. wow! Damn, perfect. There On was a point. There was a link. I just I clicked a button. Oh, no, thank you. I, that, I that's what you're here for, man. Yeah, click um, those buttons. So, w- relax. Don't do it when you want to suck and ch- suck it. Chew it. That is still a weird fucking lyric. <laughs> okay, I, I agree. Mean, so, I mean, I, I, I mean, is he trying to say when you have the urge instead of edging? To suck it, 
that you should just bite the inside of your lip. That is what I was thinking. <laughs> like that's that's where it, like I just can't think of any. But I don't know whose urge to suck dick is that intense that you have to bite the inside of your mouth. Although, no, I guess I get it. You know, I don't have a foreskin. Maybe he's talking about foreskins. <laughs> Chewing foreskin like bubble huh. gum? <laughs> I don't know. Is that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so that's giving me Hellrise, Hell, Hellraiser vibes. Like the, like the, yes. the smiley Cinnabite. Yeah. Um, so that's a fun thing to imagine. I mean, I... I, I I can't help but think that like what he's it, what he may have incorrectly said is when you were when you were getting sucked off, chew the inside of your cheek to oh, prevent you from coming. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, like a but that it's yeah. 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 Because yeah. I mean a lot of people have said like, you know, if you push your your perineum, the area between your butt and your balls, oh, I've heard it that. will prevent you from that's, coming. That's if awful. you're going to come. Yeah. I don't think that that's right at all. I mean, I'm, I'm just telling you, a, it's a this thing is like that an is... urban legend. Okay, yeah. I, was like, I like... feel like that's the opposite of yeah. what would happen. You, you can feel free to try for yourself and see if it works. <laughs> yeah. I feel I'll like re- I've tried it and it's worked. Time to I'll report back at nine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't we'll release want an update to next. Do episode. that. I don't think it's. I don't think that's good. I think that. If if anything is going on where you're about to release, you should just let it go and just let should be room and space down there. Yeah, I, I mean that's just um, I don't know. I didn't just come too early. To... You came too late. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's not my fault. It depends on just it's all depends on how you look at it. Uh, I cannot wait to talk about this fucking music video. Um, oh, that's where I have a lot of things to oh, say. Oh, yeah. I let's, am, let's, and I then by all wait. means. Um, so the lyric the just repeats over and over again. Obviously, what we're doing here is we're talking about not coming, um, you know, when you're going to, whether it's because you're edging or because you just want to elongate. Now, this is the verse, and I think it's basically the only verse Mm -hmm. that it's just weird. But shoot it in the right direction. Make making it your intention. Live those dreams scheme those schemes got to hit me hit me hit me hit me me with those laser beams ow wow wow laser beam me okay so let's just is laser beams come it has to be it has to be a facial (coughs) this is where seth is in a bad state i am talking about comments just just, set him over the edge it's just it's just over the top, man. It's, it's. I mean, I love. It is motivational, though. I'm sorry, my it eyes are watering. It, it really kind of did. I was thinking about it. I'm like, because this is. See, I'm trying to be as open minded as possible. However, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm sure that this question's been asked a million times. How you feel if you think about the idea of sex with a woman? I'm bi, so that's an easy question for me. (laughs) Okay, so... The answer is all the time. (laughs) My my coming out to my mom was like, are you... Because she was like, there's only two options. And I was like, no, there's not. And she was like, you've had more girlfriends than any man in our family. And I was like, that's... You know, and I'm not going to say what I said. But, um, (laughs) yeah, so for me, that's not a hard concept at all. Okay, all right. So I'm not the target audience. Adam? In terms of, like, the idea... Well, I mean, in terms of, like, the idea, I mean, like, society's told me to for 29 years. Right. So, 
when I was young, I thought, because I lived in a small town, I thought, like, yeah, that would have to happen at some point, or I'd be alone for my life. Jesus. So, like, yeah. Um, the chuckles end with Adam. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, like, yeah, like, you're either going to, like, stay in the closet or you're going to come out. Right. Um, so... I don't know if that answered the question. Uh, th- no, it's okay. <laughs> it's it kind of does. It's okay to yeah, be gay. Yeah, it kind of does. Well, I mean, it's well, okay to be. It's, and that's okay. <laughs> you um, it, one of the first things that you do when, like, one of the first times if you ever go to a psychologist and you're going there for therapy, and you're I, I don't know how they approach women. Um, I've spoken to a psychologist before, but one of the first things that they do if you ever do bring up sex is questions that they ask is, is when you jerk off, what do you think about? That's what they say. And and um, however you answer, and sometimes they're trying to catch you in a lie. But if it's if it's obvious, you know they can. I think they can tell. But if a guy looks, well, I obviously think about girls. You know, then they you know think in the gotta back be of their tits. Head. It's gotta be tits. Yeah. But <laughs> um, if they go, if if guys come, you know, just come right out and say, I I often think about men. Then obviously there's something to be explored. You're honest. There's a spectrum to it, and there's something to be explored there in 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 the therapy. Um. I think about ladies, and the idea of thinking about a man would immediate has immediately made me flaccid. And when I read, hit me with those laser beams, um, ow, 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 laser beam me, <laughs> which is why, which is kind of induced the coughing fit a second ago because I'm like. <laughs> You know, that's... Dear oh me. Obviously not my thing. Seth um, cannot thrive in a gay atmosphere. I mean, <laughs> well, uh, uh, maybe the party, but not the, the sex say. atmosphere. That's for sure. It it, it it wouldn't work, I don't think. Fair enough. But partner. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, God bless him. God bless you. You like what you like. But I mean, it's just when, when you're hearing, and I first, and when we went over the lyrics for this, this is the first thing I kind of did somewhat of a spit take. Just seeing the, gotta hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me with those laser beams. I was like, oh, Jesus. You Who know? considers cum laser beam? That's a good question. I think it's part of the innuendo, because if you watch the music, the the boring, the virgin edit, it is a lot of laser beams. It's a, it's exclusively laser beams, pretty much. Because it's the much. 80s, and that's the only aesthetic. Neon, laser beam, smoke. Like, that's a music mm-hmm. video. That's the whole... No, that's okay. okay. It was also used in Duran Duran's videos. That same effect. Oh yeah, yeah. I think yeah. in in, uh, in um, the Reflex, they use that same effect. It's, it's well been in be. others. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. the '80s were rife with lasers. It was a great year to be a laser person. Freaking if lasers! You, if you were to be a cumbers, the laser. Now, I think has come. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think from now on, whenever I see lasers. <laughs> I'm going to only think about coming on someone. So my question <laughs> is, a big time for sharpshooting. It was a big. <laughs> it's a good good year for Peter North. Yeah. What the hell does scheme those schemes mean? So this is, yeah. Everything else, I I can decode everything else. It's not that rough. Um, I do like make making it your intention, and I think that is actually a very sexy line. I do too. Mm-hmm. But I do too. Scheme those schemes is the one where I'm like, the fuck. I think it's yeah. in reference to you, like, plan where you're going to shoot. I think you're right. Oh. Because he does say, scheme those schemes got to hit me. So I think he's kind of saying, like, 
I, I, I too really like make making it your intention. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you all here. I want mm-hmm. your focus to be with what's here, going on me, here. This present moment. Like, that to me is, like, that's sensual. That's sexy. Like, that's the only... Because bo- this this song to me is not sexy, nor hot in the <laughs> least. But yeah. that sentence, that little verse, if you took that and isolated it, like, that that to me is something that could be, like, beautiful between lovers. Everything else is just, like, come Even on Even with the word face. scheme those schemes? No, that I think there's some depth. Uh, some some depth. I... I mean, I know that you've that you've said that it's essentially just. I I looked at it, and of course, I've been proven wrong. But I looked at it as scheme those schemes, as in you know, find a way to get scheme something. Definitely you know? has I mean, a, there was a, more a negative connotation. Yeah. Scheme yeah. is like you know the person that tries to get you in a pyramid. Like you think a pyramid right. schemes. <laughs> it's like tr- doing something dastardly. <laughs> so here's something. I have to ask, and I think the only person who'll know right off the bat what I'm talking about is probably Adam. It could this be a cruising reference? I don't feel like there's a lot of referencing reference to cruising happening in this. Song. What is cruising? I, well, life? first of all, I think we're past cruising. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I was like, gonna say we're like, what, yeah, we're cru- cruising is going around okay. looking for someone to. Is it exclusively like a third party? No, no, so cruising is very specifically, it's like a secret queer language. Primarily, it's uh, male presenting on male presenting. You're going to cruise. It means like you're sharing eye contact, you're looking up and down, and you're looking to engage in sexual activity without verbalizing it with spoken word. Oh, it's, okay. It's yeah. all okay. done through, like, you've heard of the hanky code, perhaps? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I've yeah. heard of those. So, yeah. like, using the hanky code or, like, just eye contact or, Mr. like... Mr. Hanky the Christmas poo. Yep, that's obviously <laughs> queer icon. I, I'm sorry, Mr. Adam and Logan. I'm very. Uh, let me just apologize. <laughs> Thank you. Very. Let me just. We've yeah. actually been watching South Park. I don't want to admit this. We've been watching South Park recently, and it's still so stupid and funny. I, it I is. Hate it's, that I laugh at it's it. It's childish and amazing. Yeah. Um. But no, like, so cruising is very much part. But like, that's why I'm saying, like, could we? <laughs> we're so beyond that. <laughs> that. But that's the only thing that like. Scheme those schemes. I don't know. Yeah, because I, I, I feel like this is basically giving the the go ahead, all clear, mm-hmm. come yeah. now. Where do you think is shooting it in the right direct? Do you think he's saying like, <laughs> don't waste that seed? Well, it's it's <laughs> if it's not on me, it's, it's like a carnival game, and you've got <laughs> to get it shoot, on the. You have to yeah, shoot it in the clown's the mouth. And you got to get it in the clown's mouth so you get the teddy at the end. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I, I guess, I guess now the laser beams kind of threw me, and the scheme, those schemes, but I, maybe this is just a playful way of saying like, all right, we, you know, we're we're Seth is gonna die. I'm sorry, I have this vision in my head of like a guy jerking off into a clown mouth. Well, I'll tell you, the music video pretty that, much yeah, does exactly what we're talking about. I thought you said you went to the bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I guess uh, I I do love one of my favorite things here is live those dreams as is like saying like it's a dream to jerk off on me live that dream dare to dream you made it champ <laughs> get the gold Top you of the deserve mountain, Mom. it <laughs> shoot for the stars shoot for my star by the way I'm the star <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so yeah, hit me with those laser beams. So apparently his cum shots are laser beams. And then he says, ow, 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 as if they're hurting him. Well, I don't think it's, I think it's like, ow, 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 ow. 
She's not a transatlantic. Now she's she's not a clown anymore. She's transatlantic. Ow. She's Mae West. Come up and fuck me in the ass sometime. Um. Okay. So then we got. Then we got. I'm coming. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So we have another chorus. Relax. Don't do it. Relax when you want to come. Come a woo. We get some more owls. I guess he's just getting bombarded at this point. Uh, And then he says, I'm coming. I'm coming. Yeah. And then when we get to the next chorus, the the chorus is, relax, don't do it. But in the background, I thought I heard this in the music video, but I wasn't sure. It's there. It's there. He says, once you're inside of me. So no, that changes the whole contact, context. Yeah, Does because it? I thought um, it was because I'm I thought sorry. it was shooting in on me. Yeah, but now he's saying once you're inside of me, you can come. Okay. So now he's saying cream pie my my meat wallet. Mm. I read it as the opposite. Okay. I think it's just an echo of relax, don't do it. Once you're inside me. Okay. So, like, if it if we're talking about premature ejaculation. Oh, once relax, don't come inside of me. Yeah. Don't well, I mean, do that's, it once you're inside of the, me. It's, okay. It's also 1983, in the height of the AIDS epidemic. Yes, and, and I should mention. And in the music video, as you'll spring up later, there's a lot a, prefl- a, a large uh, amount of condoms. Yes, on prophylactics. Bananas. So safe sex practices. If I remember correctly from doing a little research beforehand, I believe one of the leads of this band was diagnosed. Paul Rutherford. Yeah, he was yeah. diagnosed with HIV AIDS. Yeah. And they did not give him a very long time to live. In 91, he's, he's still alive. And he's still alive. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Very good. And as a matter of fact, the last episode we were talking about the uh, you know the life expectancy of people with HIV AIDS um, and how it was a death sentence. <clears throat> Where it's come up on the Discord. Now people that... can have sex. Yeah. Um, if you're undetectable, that means you're untransmittable. Yeah. Wow. Which is fantastic. Unbelievable. I mean, um, that's just thinking about how, I mean, I, I know that this is part of it and you're going to know the history of it. I'm completely positive that that's the case. But um, specifically when I was growing up, we talked about this last week that it was, um, it was officially, I mean, initially looked at as uh, exclusively a gay disease. And that mm. was all that it was. Uh, I had mentioned last week gay cancer. That's what they called it. Yeah. However, by the time that I was in middle school, um, they were people were telling you, especially when Magic Johnson came out as having it, that uh, if you had unprotected sex, you were going to die. And it was right. it was like they, they called it the modern plague, and that's what it was. However, at the same time, it, it carried a stigma with it where if you were male and you had it, you were just assumed to be gay. And there were mm-hmm. cis people with it, you know, but it was just immediately assumed. And uh, and it was just it was it was it, 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 I, I cannot tell you th- quite seriously. It's not like it came in one single wave, but the amount of relief that that we that people like me walk around with these days, thinking, oh, it's not a death sentence anymore. Right. It's not you know it's not something we're not going to die. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. of course, I'm closer now to death than I ever have been. But aren't we <laughs> before all? exactly? But um, but now I'm older and I'm not you know out there running around you know like in my youth, you know, married, definitely not out there in the in the, in the, in the in the in the in the field of where it could happen to me. But it's just amazing to think that at one point we were sure, 
as as a country and as a world at one point. And it still is dangerous to like Africa. It's a, it's a death sentence in places like that that don't have access to pharmaceuticals. But at one point for us, it was it was just you know we it was like a dark cloud hanging over almost like a nuclear bomb or a nuclear explosion or something like that. And now we are out from under that shadow. As long as we have pharmaceuticals, you know, as long as those are still there. So Yeah, and I definitely want to say, in terms of, like, being a queer person, this is why appropriate sex education is so important. It's still important. Incredibly important, because as queer person, as as queer person. As queer person. As queer, person, <laughs> as queer, person, as queer people who do engage with sexual activities, we are not properly educated on how to have safe sex. Any conversation, any sex ed class that is even the good ones that are actually like talking about like, no, you can use a condom. You can because there is a lot like I grew up in central Florida, which is very conservative and and their idea of sex ed is like, don't do it. It's very mean girls. Like you said earlier, like don't have sex. You will get pregnant and die. And again, not to cut you off, because I do want to hear the rest of what you have to say. It's just like banning right the song Mm -hmm. it's like the more you tell people don't just don't have sex and teach abolition people are going to be like abolition or not abstinence (laughs) abolition Um, (laughs) criminalize alcohol don't have sex um yeah as soon as you start teaching people abstinence and you go you really really shouldn't do this people start going okay why what's so bad and now i gotta find out well in, in my case it worked (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it did I because I mean, my uncle got it, and I watched him slowly deteriorate. Well, I mean, I'm talking yeah. specifically about just sex, but everyone in else, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we're talking about like, there is no sex ed, and this is where I get a little racy. Um, I make a lot of jokes, but this is one of the more serious things, like anal sex, like the proper way to engage with anal sex that's going to keep the receptive partner in particular safe. And it's not just about transference of diseases and 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 viruses, because. That is more at risk, mm-hmm. you know, being an anally receptive individual in sex, regardless if you're a man or a woman, the lining is much more sensitive to viral penetration, no pun intended. Um, then there's also just like how None to... Taken. <laughs> no, go, n- also, please speak openly, very much so. Not injuring someone in terms of like relaxing the muscle, which relax. Relax. Um, but like proper foreplay and how proper foreplay is safe sex and being able to make sure that like your partner is actually able to engage in this act and there's a lot of different things that just not at any point in our lives are we taught how to have safe sex in anything other than missionary but Mm -hmm. there's so many ways to engage in sensual acts and there are ways to be safe doing all of those things. It's very funny that you say that because <clears throat> I have talked to so many women who engage with male partners who do not know about foreplay and women getting properly yep. lubricated right. and wet. Yeah. Where they're just like, I'm hard, it's time. And then they just try and ram it in there. Talking about the people are just like, good old-fashioned grudge fuck. <laughs> well, no, I'm just talking about men who don't think about the women's side of things. That's what I'm talking about. They think yeah. about... I just want to get off. Right. I'm ready. So that means you're ready. And I sucked your nipple for two seconds and you must be just sopping wet at this point. And, even and they then, just go in just like, oh, we're good. And it's like, that's dangerous. And it's yeah. not comfortable and it's not a good situation. And it's the same exact way for mm-hmm. anal sex, maybe five times more because anal, your, your anus doesn't get naturally lubricated unless exactly. you have too much Taco Bell or something. And that's our time. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Once again, I'd like to apologize on behalf of Lyrics to Go for the 
but yeah, no, you're Taco you're Bell reference. A hundred percent correct. Like the this what sex entails and like we have come so far in terms of like being more open talking about sex but we're still not discussing those things like how do muscles work like this is where biology actually comes into play how do magnets work how do you fucking i'm sorry i'm sorry um (laughs) let's turn this into an insane clown posse that's what i was was, uh, silly joke i'm yeah no, no but yeah so there i don't remember what got me into all of this but um, yeah, sex education is important. Lasers, lasers, maybe <laughs> lasers got us yeah. to this point. But yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, you make a very good point. I don't think I've, I mean, well, obviously, never thought of there is there's when we talk about sex ed for you know um, the majority, the mm-hmm. majority, the, the cis kids. I, I, I mean, I don't even think I remember them talking about missionary or like Mark said, bringing up. Um, foreplay and how oh, it actually that, gets yeah. no it, none of that's brought up about you know your feelings and how how things should be approached as far as you know the the considerations for others that's got to be i mean how how are we going to how, how moving forward how is it it never even crossed my mind that how is a gay kid gonna know other than the fact that you know he just thinks about these things but when there's actual another person in the room and you have to take these consi- things into consideration, how are they going to know? Yeah. And, and it, that never once crossed my mind. Yes. And, you know, I mean, this, this episode should come with fucking diagrams and a pie charts <laughs> and all sorts of shit because, I, you know, you make a very good point that I never even thought of, you know. Uh, probably mm. most uh, gay men learn from um, two science writers, Sean Cody and Corbin Fisher. Wow. Um, Okay. You're so full of shit. The toilet's jealous. <laughs> well, I was gonna what? say, what's going I, on? Here? I would, I Those would... are websites. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> uh, we're gay. We're uh, uh, we're young gay men or gay men still today would go and uh, learn incorrectly how to have sex with a man. They're porn sites. Oh, okay, oh, okay, oh, okay. okay. Thank gotcha. you so much. Gay browsers. Now I get it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, um, I mean, but that's that. It's a joke, but that is basically it. Like you learn by watching porn. Yeah, but I, if you're I, someone I like me who, like, at 18, Southern Baptist, hello, porn is a sin. Oh, it's the furthest thing. I mean, right. any of this education or porn or anything going to give you an indication of how to react with another person that wants to do the same thing is the furthest thing it's from also, your culture and from your life. And yeah, and it's also like not a good place to learn. Well, I, I mean, I, I want to. Yes, yeah, porn is a bad I, place to learn. I was going to just say, I, you're I, exactly I right. want to get back into finishing these lyrics so we can talk about this fucking music video in a second. Yes. But I do want to say, as far as people, you know, I've learned way more about sex with women from the women I've had sex with mm-hmm. correctly yeah. than anything else. And knowing where the clit is is only part of the mystery. you got to know what the fuck to do with it. So, I mean, you see a lot of women just getting fucking jackknifed and you're like, and, and again, where like, you know, men just immediately enter a woman and you're just like, that's what, that's what you do. And unfortunately, I think that's part of where guys learn that stuff. And I'm sure it's just as much in the gay community as it is in the street community until they have someone who says, stop. Yeah. Whoa. This is how we do it. And, Hopefully having sex with someone Montel who is, Jordan. yeah, hopefully, hopefully having sex with someone who is trustworthy and kind and considerate and not making you feel like shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're, there's another person in the room, right? I need to be aware yeah. of them. And know. I think not to stop you from the lyrics, but last thought on this, the, and I think the lyrics go into this in the song overall and the music video we'll soon talk about is sex is not inherently penetrative. 
Mm. Like we have to like, especially like, um, it's a heteronormative concept actually. Yeah. Uh, that it, sex is penetrative, especially like, yeah. like sex is a huge diversity right. and you don't need to have a penis to have sex. Which is another important part. First, you have to come home drunk from a hockey game. And then, you <laughs> that, know, yeah, yeah, that is something that defines sex, though. Yeah. And, and then sometimes you can just be two snakes at Echo Farm. Exactly, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Slithering and docking. Yeah. But no, that's um, a good point. That's a good point. It is. A, it is. A, it is. A there weren't. They weren't moving very much. There was some soaking going on. I mean, I had to jump up and down next to him. To Not make it the soaking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you can scissor, and it will be considered sex, I suppose. Uh, I don't know if I've Mark, heard that you know people don't really is? do that. Have I you don't. Heard of that? And so, can you, Logan? Would you please explain to him what soaking so is? So embarrassing. <laughs> um, it's what like Mormons are doing to like not have sex before marriage. Oh, they just do. They just stick it in, and they don't move. Yeah, but they have a buddy jump on the bed. Yep. Oh my god! Is that not crazy? Is this real? This sounds like an internet made-up thing. It could. I don't it know. Be, but, I don't know. But, I heard about it once, and I was like, I know so, mm-hmm. I know so many repressed Christian people that I'm like, no, this could be real. It could be. I, I mean, wonder, didn't you see that Mormon episode of South Park? <laughs> I mean, come on now. I wonder as a fat guy if I could get work as a bed jumper <laughs> because I could make the bed move a lot. <laughs> There's a market. There, there's a there's, there's a huge a market, market for everything. Oh. Oh. Real quick, I want to say when I sang, uh, what I sang was "When You Want to Suck It, Chew It," and I should know I wrote it. I referenced that earlier. Uh, this is from uh, Genius Annotation. Since the song is about not ejaculating or at least delaying it, this line suggests to the person delivering oral sex to do something that prevents their partner from climaxing, sometimes known as the squeeze technique. So what this is saying is that. Not to keep yourself from ejaculating, but keeping your partner from ejaculating, huh. sucking it slash chewing their their business, I guess. Uh, it says in quotes, another technique for stopping premature ejaculation is the squeeze technique. During sex, as you're approaching ejaculation, squeeze the area between the shaft and glands of the penis. This is what you were talking about. Ejaculation. Huh? Using sque- the squeeze technique, you can delay orgasm several times, allowing yourself to perform for longer during sex. Why? Are, why are they? Che- where does the chewing? I don't. I. I. I can't say I really know. Um, again, it may be foreskin. <laughs> it may be they, they are the British. Testicles. That's the representation you guys actually needed. We That's, needed to get someone with foreskin. When <laughs> absolutely, maybe it's when they met up for dim sum. I'm not sure. Um, but. <laughs> Can, can we get to the end of these lyrics? Yeah, man? So, I'm sorry. I mean, we, we've got just <laughs> more climax. like, relax, relax, relax. The only other lines really that aren't said previously is the scene of love, feel it, uh, which I guess is a good line. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, at the end, as we were talking before, we have the huge climax at the end. He says, now's the time. It's party time. Come. And, of course, at that point, we are uh, we're done with the song and we've effectively come. The party's we? over. Haven't we? I guess. I mean, yeah. The music well, video. That's when you stop having sex and you go play Mario Party. It's party time. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yes. Very nice. Yeah. So the first music video for this, uh, directed by Bernard Rose, um, who is an English filmmaker who made uh, the movie Candyman uh, <laughs> and the movie Paper House uh, and did um, a film version of Anna Karenina. Um, oh, that's cool. Yes. 
Uh, he was also nominated for the Independent Spirit Award for Best Director and the John Cassavetes Award. Um, so a pretty, uh, you know, a pretty big time filmmaker. He made the music video for this. Uh, it was set in an S&M themed gay nightclub featuring the band members accosted by buff leathermen, a glamorous drag queen and an obese admirer dressed up as a Roman emperor played by actor John Dare. Uh, which was allegedly banned by MTV and the BBC, prompting the recording of a second video directed by Godly and Cream, which is an apt name, in early 1984 featuring the group performing with the help of laser beams. However, the second video uh, uh, was made the song uh, after... I'm sorry. However, the second video was made... uh, Jesus Christ. However, after the second video was made, the song was banned completely by the BBC meaning that neither video was ever broadcast on any BBC music programs, um, but was played on MTV, which I think is the version that I probably had seen when I was a child. Um, let's hear your guys' take on this music video, because there's a lot there's a lot going on here. There, There is a lot. Um, I always think it's weird and really overlooked. Minute zero, like the first two seconds whenever um is it uh holly that arrives to via rickshaw via rickshaw yes um pulled by someone i guess dressed stereotypically as a rickshaw driver Mm -hmm. which i always thought was really weird and i kind of think adds to because there's a there's a thing especially in like the in the white queer community that tends to like appropriate other cultures especially in terms of like femininity okay and like to be more to basically other themselves and like be outrageous so Mm -hmm. oftentimes like cultural appropriation and like orientalism will pop up especially in like a lot of as i said white queer spaces um so like if you go back in time you'll see like a lot of like um or like in the birdcage in like or queer coded characters they'll be wearing like kimonos right in in instead of bathrobes um so that was the Best first thing yeah the first yeah. or like they, that's the first thing that popped in my head that's very interesting was like the use yeah. of like orientalism uh to like be like ooh this is extravagant um and I, I, the first the first word that comes to my mind is soft like you know just having like a very like like when i think of japanese culture and like kimonos and stuff I think of like geisha girls and I think of like softness and almost like it's like comfort. Um, well, just like, you know, like a, a, like a non-masculine, like you were saying, kind of like a feminine, um, energy, energy. Vibe. Yeah. That's, that's perfect. Yeah. So and I a, a lot of, uh, like Asian and Asian American queer people still deal with a lot of those like misconceptions and stereotypes. Yeah. Um, like Asian men are inherently like submissive and stuff like that. But that's a conversation for another day. No, that's because it's too big. Yeah. Is he wearing Mickey Mouse ears, the rickshaw driver, or is this a stereotype that I'm just not tuned into? I'm not sure. If you, if it's here, I'm one. gonna share with the class. Let's but see. does that not look like he's wearing Mickey Mouse ears? Like it could be. Is this a level of surrealism? It might be like a hair thing, like um, a kind of like a like a hair knot. Yeah, but like a double knot. Maybe I don't know. I'm not sure. The light reflects off of it like it's plastic. I. So, to me, the rich. I think you're. I think it's a great point because it is so out of place. But, but 
I wonder if it's a level of surrealism that it's supposed to be because that's also like the vibe of depicting queer people as like Alice in Wonderland almost. And I think there is an Alice in Wonderland vibe to the entire music video that is I can, pretty continuous. I can see that. Um, especially the trope of the suited man. Like, where Adam zoned in on the rickshaw, I immediately was like, oh, the suited man as secretly kinky. What a trope that's, like, really apparent um, throughout media. But I think there's an interesting scene as he's walking in. There's one thing that we need to talk about before he walks in, but just how he walks in and people look at him. And there's some people that look at him and I read... And this is my reading of it as like, oh, what is this like suit and tie do- guy doing here? And then, place. and then other people look at him with recognition almost. Mm. That's interesting. So yeah. just to give kind of like, let me just give like a very cursory explanation of the music video. Guy in suit goes into a gay club. He's ushered in by by like a leatherman, leather, leather man, daddy, leather daddy um, and is ushered in um, kind of gets bandied about. And kind of gets hated for the most part. Gets pushed on stage where there's a tiger. There's this emperor guy is calling for him to be put on stage with a tiger. He ends up getting close with the tiger, and when he does, it seems like he's accepted mm-hmm. by by everybody by the tiger and everybody in the club afterward. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's get a little bit more deep into it because I'm curious to know some of, um, you know, I think the thing that you're going to mention as soon as he walks in. With a leather daddy, is there is a woman that's like a, a, a hat check or a coat check yeah. girl, and he just spits in her <laughs> mouth like right away, first thing. No, it's interesting. I thought he spit in her face. Or in- it might be her face, but I think the vibe is like spitting her mouth. I have the video pulled up so I don't miss things. But uh, he's smoking a cigar, which is a very important cultural symbol of the leather daddy mm-hmm. of this hyper masculine guy. Um, it's like a wad of gum or it's a big old loogie Ugh, God. and he spits either not, if not in her mouth on her face, um, which she may be receptive to, which, which is a kink. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I, I can't stand spit stuff. I, I'm not a spit guy. I've, I've never, uh, it's just never been my thing, but the, so now that I have it sc- like frozen, it's not even a, like, there's not even enough space to take coats and jackets. I think, that person is supposed to be there as like, yeah, that's just the person you spit on. <laughs> it's the spit girl. But, or the cover. Or the cover, yeah. Mm. There is also that. Oh, uh, yes, of course. Um, So with both of those, mm. there's like, and that's why I really think of it. It is a queer song and it is a queer video, but it's also so much focused on a very specific subset of queerness, mm-hmm. which can be intersecting with heterosexuality. You know, kink is unilateral. <laughs> Everyone can be involved in kink. Um, as long as they're sane, safe, and consensual. I like that. Um, very good. So there are places where certain people will be set up and their whole thing is like, nope, you can just spit on me as you walk by. And that's their whole deal. There are other bodily fluids which do come up later and there are people who are just there for that as well. The laser beams. The laser beams. Mm-hmm. Let me um, ask you this. Is this something, and I, I, I think the answer is going to be kind of both, but is this something where the person getting spit on likes that 
or are they just there specifically for people to like spitting on them? I'm guessing it probably happens with both, but I'm sure if you like it, you're probably a little more receptive to being spit on. Yeah, I so again, safe, sane, consensual, right? Like this is a huge um Right, you're applying for a job, I'm guessing. So you 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 know what you're getting into like and yeah. <laughs> and let me see your application. So what what job are you applying for? Are you a I want to be the spit per yeah. <laughs> I want to be Do you have a spit bitch position available? <laughs> Yeah, actually, we our spit bitch just quit. She <laughs> just got a job at Starbucks. So we're looking... Actually, we just started looking for a spit bitch. Well, take that ad down. <laughs> I'm your spit bitch. I want to say that it's not so much as... It's not like a go-go dancer, right? Like, it's not a paid position, but it's like, no, this is what I like to do. All, all you can get spit. <laughs> and this is, this is my spit. night. Yeah. yeah, you're paid by getting all moist from getting spit on. Yeah, it's a volunteer. Both- really, it's community service. It's a volunteer role. <laughs> That's fair. God bless him. So yeah. uh, the the leather daddy spits on her. She's into it. They get ushered we into hope. the club. We hope. We hope. Safe, sane, consensual. Um, and it looks like our um, our businessman, there's really no one else there in any kind of business attire. Um, yeah. He is just, uh, he was just, he's getting a bunch of looks. There is, um, is that a drag queen who is behind the bar? So that's unclear. If I were to venture a guess, I think she's just a bartender. Um, either cis or trans woman. Um, I do have to point out that her fucking like storm from the 80s mohawk mm-hmm. is absolutely everything. Yes. And she <laughs> has a slave behind the bar. And slave in this context is a BDSM term. Or it is someone, again, consenting to basically be on the ground. There's actually hay, too, so we could be getting into a little bit of pup play, which is a subset of Mm -hmm. um, BDSM. A slave, a.k.a. barback. Yep. I'm sure he's he's doubling as both like a A shoe licker slash ice getter. Other duties as assigned. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, And she is like taking drink orders and just shoves him down onto the ground. Which I think really sets the tone. Yeah. If the spitting in the face didn't set the tone, I think she sets the tone more than anyone else. I yes. would have to say from the video, yes. Now, as a slave, would he have to fill out a W-2 for that position? Is that a 1099? It's I'm a 1099. Yeah. Okay, okay, very good. Yeah. Yeah. 1099 essay. We're, we're approaching tax season. <laughs> we're deep in tax season. Actually, yeah, friend. we are. Okay, um, so uh, he's he seems to be somewhat ignored or looked at as, as yeah as, a lot as of people like at, who is as less square. than yeah the um, flashlights also I think are really interesting uh, that is to my knowledge not a kink thing so I don't know if that's supposed to be euphemism that's that's reference to the George Clinton video <laughs> I, I mean. or maybe it's like shining a light Flashlight. on someone to like okay. get a better look at them like metaphorically like mm-hmm. you know putting them on the spotlight this was pre I was going to say it could also <laughs> just it could also be trying to mimic like flashing lights in a club like you know spotlights going around lasers possibly lasers. maybe yeah. and laser beams <laughs> and also um Holly in the suit is which also is a great band That's name a great band oh yeah um, Holly in the suit Holly uh coming in in the suit uh kind of like what Logan alluded to earlier could refer to like the businessman who's secretly kinky or as someone who's gone to a gay club after a conference in a suit, uh, usually gay bars or kink bars in this case are in downtown areas, which are also approach uh, adjacent to business districts. Right, right, right. Um, so you have people who work downtown in a business environment and coming into the kink club straight after work. 
Got it. Um, so that reflective of the different facets of the queer community and like uh, also it could be referencing slumming the okay. tradition okay. of wealthier well-to-do people intentionally going out and to the red light districts uh, or especially very prevalent um, in the history of like Miami queer history as Dr. Julio Capo has written about in Welcome to Fairyland Queer History of Miami before 1940 uh, slumming it was a very important in the foundational of a lot of these early gay bars where wealthy northerners wealthy snowbirds wealthy businessmen moving to miami or i guess liverpool in this case <laughs> yeah. uh would intentionally go to the shadier areas of town and party with the poor people now um, this- I, I love what john waters says about slumming rich people are always trying to fuck poor people Mm-hmm. Yeah. In every way. Yeah. <laughs> now, would they intentionally dress? Would this be like a black like me scenario where they would intentionally dress to look like poor people so they can ex- see what it's like to experience being poor? Or would they go in suits like this guy showing that, you know, they still like had had money and class and status? Uh, I'm not familiar enough with the topic to give an answer. OK, um, I appreciate but that. I believe it's the first one would be more likely okay the because it's the 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 fantasy completely i completely understand that and i yeah i can see that being a kink like you know having the money but you know i mean there's how many fucking stories have been written about um you know the prince and the pauper and Mm -hmm. like you know trying to you know getting so sick of everyone you know sucking your proverbial dick because you're rich or you're famous and wanting to be able to walk into a bar and not be recognized or getting to see what life is like where people don't, you know, automatically, you know, try to appease you because you're rich and wanting to experience life. And, and, you know, well, like, like, like uh, common people by pulp, mm, you yeah. know, I want to, I want to live like, like common, common people. people. I want to see what common people do. You know, I want to, I want to live like common people. Or like Queen Amidala and the Phantom Menace. Exactly. Yeah. Or There's, the Little Mermaid. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So there are, yeah, there are loads of uh, loads of that story being told. That's very, that's really fascinating. Um, so he's walking around. There's uh, something that lights. I, I find really unusual about this entire thing. It's the one thing that stands out, other than something we'll talk about in a minute. Um, is that for me, from my view, gay clubs is all, have always been bastions of acceptance. Mm-hmm. However, when this guy walks in, it looks like they're all looking down at him. They're looking at him as less than. That's unusual. So, gay clubs as bastions of acceptance up until a point. Really? Gay people are catty. I can say it. You can't actually go ahead and say it because it's (laughs) fucking true. Okay. Um, No, okay. So, queer culture, we are shady. It's the origin of the word shade. But if you want to talk about shade, you have to talk about reading. And I am not Dorian Corey, so go watch Paris is Burning. And I watched would, it a week ago, a, a week or two weeks ago, and it was absolutely fucking fantastic. Very, very interesting. You know, obviously going into a bunch of queer history that I knew very, very little about and still do. I still know just a fucking, you know, modicum of information about it, but absolutely fucking fascinating and really, really great. It's a good primer on ballroom culture, which so much of queer culture, especially for those of us who grew up like in the South, our queer culture gets to us kind of diasporically out of New York, out of ballroom. So Paris is burning like, look at this skin, touch this skin, honey. Like all of that 
uh, you're just an overgrown orangutan, the reading and the shade. Mm -hmm. Like, that is, it's not just cute and and cutty-cutty between friends. There is a certain point of just inherent judgment that does take place in the club. Vitriol. If you are queer on queer. Okay. There is a level of, like, look at her. What is she wearing? Oh, she came in with that one. <laughs> but like st- as a straight person, you're not going to get that because you are going to be idolized in many queer spaces unless you're a bachelorette party. Get the fuck out. Um, <laughs> but straight women are always going to, by themselves, um, not in a bachelorette party, are going to be seen as like allies. They're going to be tipping well. Most of the time, straight women are like, yes, awesome. Straight men oh, honey, you are the gold standard because somebody there wants to fuck you because of the fact that you are straight. This is, like, dead-ass serious. I can't tell you, my stepdad, who's a bigger guy, older guy, goes into any straight bar, or goes into any gay bar, and gets every fucking drink for free, paid by whatever. Like, sometimes young, ripped, 25-year-old dudes who are just like, I know that is a straight man who came in with his wife, and he's going to leave with me. They do not. But... This says a lot, I think, just about... This is why I never heard any of this. I, this is, says a lot about, I think, men. Because mm-hmm. straight men do the same thing with, with oh, lesbians. Oh, females. Where it is, you know, it's very much a hunter-gatherer mentality. <laughs> yes. um, where it's like, you know, whether you're I gay provided or for queer, you. it's, I want this. I am setting my sights on getting this. And I will do whatever it takes, whether it's another a straight man that you want to make gay or a lesbian that you want to make straight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is just this. Or, or oftentimes just a woman you want to. Yeah, or, or, or a straight woman you want to make yours. Yeah. Um, yes, it is It is a very interesting thing. There is so much toxic, toxic masculinity in primarily male, gay male spaces. There's a lot. Has it got, is it. City to city, yes. It changes where you go. Like, there are certain places we go where we don't get that, like, um, to boost up a local place where I really don't think we have that issue. Rascals, here in Fort Myers, is fantastic. Famous gay bar in Fort Myers. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't... Formerly Wings and Ribs. I was just gonna... (laughs) I I have no problem with the gay community, but y'all took Wings and Ribs from me, and I'm sad (laughs) about it. Y'all could have had any building here. You can still get meat. (laughs) Can I get it smoked? Well, the tubby pig is yes, next door. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Funny you ask. <laughs> Remember, I was talking about cigars earlier. Yes, I mean, yeah, absolutely. you can get some smoked meat. Um, um, so it's not it's not all wine and roses, so to speak. I mean, especially behind the curtain, somewhat. Uh, right. You know, not for those of us that are just. You know, it's it's a it's an every once in a while we're going to go in and hang out, and be, it's an it's an accepted place to dance. There's a whole other aspect that we're not seeing, which is human. Which yeah. is, an, you know, it's part of being a human being. There's going to be different dynamics that go on within different cultures, and I understand that. Um, one of the last things in this video... Well, Adam, that, did you want to say something about I'm sorry, that? Yes. Oh, I was just going to... I'm sorry. No Go worries. Uh, jumping off that point in the... Like, this is a white gay man who's being judged by other white gay men. Mm-hmm. Like, the like just because it's a gay bar doesn't mean, like, racism and, like internalized oh. homophobia and yeah. misogyny yeah. like yeah. absolutely like, there's so many like lesbians and bisexual women and trans women who aren't like not just feeling welcome but sometimes there are a lot of experiences where they're physically just not welcomed like yeah like there's no some gay bars don't have women's rooms like women's right. bathrooms oh that's interesting yeah 
or like they'll automatically assume that like anyone who is presenting woman is a straight woman and they're not welcome in this space like the like dominant white male uh takeover of spaces even though it's gay and queer you still have all that you know like misogyny and even internalized homophobia Mm. racism you know um anti you know anyone who's disabled so you still have all that yeah uh in a gay club so you still have that level of visceral so you still have like again this is a a able-bodied white gay man who's being judged by other able-bodied white gay men with presenting i think there's only like two female presenting people in this space yeah um so like all those things that logan was talking about like the visceral and the judgment can come from many you know everyone like you were saying seth like humans right yeah Um, yeah there's i mean there there is a hierarchy and in every group no matter and unfortunately no matter how hard the history of that group has been you would think that I mean, with black people, with queer people, whatever, you would you would think that after hundreds of years of being, you know, you know, put down and having your taken your rights taken away, women even, um, that you'd be more and more accepting. But still in everyday life, people have preferences and people have, you know, a lot of racism is always talked about, of course, in America, because it's America of white people and black people, but there is racism and nationalism between Puerto Rican people and Asian people. Oh. And, you know, a good example is like Haiti and Dominican Republic. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, I it's just, and some of it has history in, you know, who took whose land. Uh, and some has history of, I have a friend of mine who talks about how much Puerto Ricans dislike Cubans because Cubans are often taken in with open arms because they're coming from this, you know, this awful nation but Mexicans are so hated because they're coming over from a country that's considered, you know, they've they've got a democracy, etc. Um, and so there's, you know, even inside of these groups, there is all of this kind of war that happens for tons of reasons that we don't understand because we're not in that, you know. And that's why inclusion is so important and why getting to know people's stories and getting to know the stories of people with different backgrounds is so interesting um and you know that's why it's so helpful to have people of you know all kinds of backgrounds to talk about this kind of stuff to you know open your eyes to a music video that i would have seen and been like oh i probably got two or three things from it but Mm -hmm. you guys come in and go oh there is i could write a dissertation (laughs) exactly and the last thing i'll say before i i'm fully done i'm never fully done but the last thing i'll say on this is also that the moment that it goes from being a little bit shady or a little bit bitchy and becomes like for real for real especially if it's homophobic and if you're in the right place hopefully people are calling out transphobia oh you become public enemy number one Mm -hmm. so there is also that like there is a yes we're going to be bitchy towards each other because i don't know you and look at what you're wearing and oh you looked at the guy that i was looking at or you looked at the girl that i was looking at um, but the moment where someone comes in and says something homophobic or transphobic, if you're in the right place, there's a lot of internalized transphobia in the queer community, unfortunately. But if you're in the right place, you will be shut the fuck down, especially by our like front guard of all that is queer, the drag queens and kings and drag monsters of the world. They are our protectors and 
guiding light in the community. So it's, I'll leave that there. Uh, one last thing I want to say. God, this episode's going to be like three hours long. It's going to be amazing. Um, in the last episode that we did, Dude Looks Like a Lady, uh, I know you guys said you listened to a little bit of it. Um, there is a part where um, the producer, who is gay, um, talks to them. I don't know if you heard you heard this part, but he basically talks to the band because members of Aerosmith did not want to release that song with that title. They originally wanted to release it with a different title. Um, and they were like, we don't want to affect, we don't want to offend people in the gay and, and queer community, basically. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm gay, it's okay. Which I thought was very strange because the song is leaning more toward trans in my eye. And I thought it was kind of strange talking about kind of like yeah. that internalized transphobia in the in the queer com- in the gay community it's kind of like well i'll give you a pass because i'm gay and it's like well it's not really your feelings yeah. to be hurt here because this is more of a trans issue um from like a historical context like um the like trans as an identity like before that was like transsexual which really was becoming popularized during like the 19 19- uh, 30s entered okay. mainstream America in 1940s uh, 1960s uh, trans advocates really uh, promoted the word transgender okay so in terms of like the terminology like being trans is relatively new in the American lexicon and like if you read a lot of interviews um, like from the 1970s in reference to like drag or like the drag pageants or just local drag queens in the bar like the historic gay bar is like the Red Lion and the club here in Fort Myers, published by the news press in the 1970s. When they interview these drag queens and they talk about like the community, the way in which they describe um, drag queens or the gay community, they'll say, well, there's gay men who do drag and there are straight men who do drag. And then they'll often word it in the terms of there are gay men who want to be women. So in mm. this is the 70s, 80s, so the the lexicon wasn't quite there. So oftentimes transness and homosexuality would often be lumped together. So it's very actually very recent, in, in, especially in the West, that uh, gender and sexuality have started to become more separate right. and more defined. Um, like sexual orientation is who you love and um, gender identity is who you are. Um, but you see that across cultures and historically in the West – um, like a great author, um, Kit Hiem, uh, they wrote uh, "Before We Are Trans," great book. I just read it. Um, the history, uh, new history of gender. In "Before We Are Trans," they discuss like how that's a really, t- really new concept. Like the last fifty years, where gender and sexuality have been separate, and how it's not actually as many things that clear cut. So I can understand his perspective right um a flower that's, just doesn't spring up out of the ground a flower you yeah. gotta you know it's gotta grow to get there it's and uh, look i mean we're th- we're at that point i know there's so much more to go but i mean uh, thank goodness that we are you know that there is a, a a line that's drawn between the two it gives us a much better picture of human beings and, a, and what they're made of yeah that's I mean? a very interesting I, I i remember when i was watching paris is burning they're talking to Pepper LaBeja. Mm-hmm. Mother of the house of LaBeja. <clears throat> yes. Not the founder. Not the founder. Right. And they are talking to her, him, I'm not sure, I'm them. 
And um, they are very clearly saying, I would never become a woman. I've heard of people doing that and then like realizing they didn't want to do it. And is it, it almost talks down to the idea. Like, I, I wouldn't do it. But it's interesting because it's like, well, you're talking about your lived experience of how you feel. But then they talk to somebody else who is like, yeah, I had bottom surgery and I finally feel like right. who I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see that even like a mother of a house like that can still even be like, don't do that. That's a mistake. Right. <clears throat> and it's like you are ingrained in the society. Like there is no one, you know, you're like surrounded by all these queer people. And even they are like, no, 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 don't do that. It's It, it was very eye opening for me. Did you ever uh, just complete a little bit off topic? Not completely, but did you ever heard the song by uh, six, uh, Stephen Merritt, um, six, uh, "Magnetic Fields"? Andrew and Drag. I implore you to listen to it. It's, it yeah. has a little bit to do with what we were just doing when you're when we're done here. Really, really great song. Then, um, Stephen Merritt in general, "Magnetic Fields," um, and he does a couple of other bands. Uh, a uh, gay songwriter and poet. Who is absolutely fucking amazing? One of my favorite. Did a series of three albums called Sixty Nine Love Songs, ah, which is nice. it, yes, very nice, and it's it is it is fantastic. This song specifically relates to what we were just talking about, and it's beautiful. It's a really great song. I'm really kind of upset that we never got to cover probably the most important thing about that video, and that's Emperor Nero getting a shave with a switchblade comb and then ripping <laughs> off his toga. You know, I, I, I yeah. Let's let's wrap up some of this music yeah. video here. So. Um, He's he's walking through. Uh, Nero seems to he comes out. He's a portly man and he's wearing a toga. He's kind of calling out some shots. Sees our, our famous guy. He's getting shaved. And as Seth mentioned, it seems like it's a a, a switchblade comb yeah. um, because you can see some lines in the uh, shaving cream. And uh, it looks like he wants to get. Uh, some people up on stage to fight a lion? So the first thing that they do is that they put people into an Iron Maiden. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even... Yeah. I, you're right. Yeah, I didn't even... That didn't connect. So I guess it's just in general, like, let's torture people. Cool. And <laughs> <laughs> depending on the night that you're going to, like, a leather bar or, like, a King Positive Space, you might have, like, a like a St. Andrew's Cross. Cat of um, Nine Tails. Cat of Nine Tails. And you might have public, like, demonstrations. Like, mm-hmm. that is a thing. Right. I have personally never heard of an Iron Maiden <laughs> or Seems a, little a intense. tiger, but you know what? Tying it back to, I've also never seen a Roman emperor in a, in a club. So, yeah. you know, maybe this um, is my chance. Gotta be a first time for everything. Yeah. There's our drag queen there. Finally. Yes. Okay. There we go. So you see him yelling. Um, I've never so badly wanted subtitles in my <laughs> life. Um, but they eventually take our suited man uh, they drag him. Uh, he has been spotted because he's not leather clad like everyone else. Um, we have a lot of Freddie Mercury body doubles in the crowd. <laughs> um, he gets thrown up on stage and there is a tiger that he has to that I, I guess is supposed to be like a Coliseum esque. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this guy fighting with a tiger. He's been thrown to the lions, so to speak. Yeah. And uh he, you know, everybody is expecting this lion, I guess, to, to fight him and to eat him. They strip him of his jacket. Uh, people are, are hooting and hollering. They're, they're pumping their fists like it's a fucking kiss concert. And uh, they bring out this tiger. And this dude 
uh, tames this ti- tames this wild tiger. It's such a weird moment. It is very weird. He gets on all fours as if to see the the kitten from his own view, and they they kind of bandy about and play with each other. Um, these 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 men are just absolutely rabid. They're grabbing each other's faces and stuff. They are so pumped about him. Nero's pissed. Um, you know, many a mustache in the crowd. And as soon as he kind of teams this lion, it seems like he's won over the crowd. And he gets put back into the crowd. Uh, and Nero takes off his toga. Um, and then we see uh, this guy, the, the suited man, getting spun around. And right around the time that we talk about uh, when you want to come and and the instruction to come, there is a voluminous amount of liquid getting shot like three or four ways on top of this guy. From multiple sources. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. It's not just one laser beam. And I don't think this is all come either. I think there might be some semen involved. I I read it as like just piss. Yeah, I I read it as piss. Just 100%. Not even as. Like I know the lyric says when you want to come. But the visual attached to it, like, again, being rotating and it is liquid in a dark club. Everything is a black surface, which says to me, like, maybe that's a tarp. Okay. Which is, again, that is a Gallagher show. Um, Yeah, very that, except with um, piss. So, yeah, that's how I read it as well, is that this is like, okay, this is. Gallagher did uh, mess around with piss play in his performances later on. Oh God! Oh, I, so. I was—I so believed you. I was like, what? he's doing those goofy faces, and then he just whips out his dick and starts pissing on the crowd. They're like, uh, "What the hell's happening?" He's like, you brought tarps. Um, do we have any kind of idea on the symbolism of the tiger? Is this him dealing with his own sexuality and coming to terms? I—I—I I, I, with the music video, kind of the the, and I had just seen it. But kind of like my immediate takeaway is maybe he goes there as a closeted gay guy and through this experience comes to term with the fact that he is gay and the tigers may be like the other part of himself and he 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 calms that part and comes to, you know, comes to grips with the fact that he's gay and is accepted into the gay community and then he gets doused in gallons of semen and or piss. I did not read it that way. Okay. Um, But I think that's a good read. Uh, I read the tiger. I I almost don't want to put meaning on it. I almost <laughs> okay. want it to just be that they have a tiger. Um, But I see the tiger as the crowd. Really. Okay. I want, I like, when I see this, I'm like, oh, these are people that are like, you're not a kinkster. You're not actually someone who you're a looky loo. You're slumming it, um, and so we're gonna feed you to the lions. We're gonna throw you to the wolves. Mm-hmm. And he gets on all fours and shows them like my appearance means nothing. And this ties into something that happens a little bit later because he ends up doing light bondage with his tie, mm-hmm. which is a very popular trope. In yeah, there's some choking going on. Yeah, there's choking and there's um, <laughs> the way I said that. There's some choking going on. Um, I, I I think mine might line up a little bit. My uh, take on the video is that it's just I, I think it was just an artistic expression of like a modern day bacchanalian show of excess, a la you know ancient 
Rome right. and you know throwing someone to the lions and it's just it was just an an, an artistic expression of that except in yeah. modern early 80s gay culture and that's pretty much it it didn't like there, there didn't there wasn't like some sort of excess depth to it you know it was just that it was just a, an artistic statement that this is what we are and and it, and it kind of lines up with you know what there probably would have happened in the past of you know things are just so excess and 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 uh, like I said, bacchanalian. If for those of you that don't know, look up the word, um, it just kind of means just extravagant excess. It excess means to be yeah. dedicated to the god Bacchus, to yes. drink wine with the main parties and party. Yes. Oh, thank you. You know far more about it than I do. That's there great. You go. Thank you. Might be an anthropology. <laughs> <study>. <laughs> Um, All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. We've well, reached. Yeah. This is probably a two-hour-long episode at this point. I'm glad to hear that. Actually. It'll be an editing I mean, nightmare, gotta, but yeah. maybe I won't edit any of it because I think there's a loads and loads. <laughs> loads. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm not even gonna I'm say so anything after that. I'm so glad that they picked up on that and we didn't. I'm, I'm just gonna say <laughs> there's loads and loads. There's um, a lot of hay. Like I'm just playing the end of the video. There's so much. hay hay involved in this club wow there's tons of hay and that's hay. about being gay <laughs> I, I was not going to say that um okay uh, so now we're gonna do a creep factor yeah we do this so at thing... the end of every episode we do a creep factor from one to ten on how creepy you think the song is um it can be as low as zero it can be as high as ten um you know ba- just based on uh if you think the song is uh Whatever your level of whatever your idea of creepy is, yeah. Seth, do you do you want I'll them to start go first? And I'll, I'll just say that oftentimes our what we look at as creepy is uh, more often than not with most of the songs that we deal with, we're dealing with some sort of leering oppressive figure oftentimes looking down on young girls or girls that are vulnerable or it could be a, just a vulnerable situation that they've that people are taking advantage of and that's kind of how we take it now there's oftentimes that people use the term creepy creepy is just a creepy tone to something um which i think that this song and video have i do not think that um i, I, I can't i'm so I'm so on edge here and so scared to to put a number out there because Let's this get is canceled. not my yeah, exactly Ooh. exactly <laughs> cancel um, me, daddy. I, is it creepy? Yeah, it's creepy. It's got a creepy tone to it. It's scary. It's when you see the guy walking into the club. You know, people are are giving him uh, looks of you know derision. They're giving him you know uh, there there's this there's a, a, a it's giving derision. It's, ed, it's yes, it's giving. giving <laughs> oppression <laughs> yeah it's giving oppression there's there's uh th- th- there's a tone to it it's creepy um i would give the video i hate to say this but about a six and a half the video can you give it a 6.9 i can give it a 6.9 yeah Whole thank you so much only i can yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh but oh my darling what if you fly i'm gonna give this song a five a, a five we're right in the middle a five okay do you guys want me to go to first, or do you guys want to go first? Go for it. Uh, I don't think the song is very creepy. You don't? I don't. Um, I think the song... It sounds dangerous I mean, me, yeah. yeah, I mean, well, you know, it's talking about coming, uh, but I don't think that's creepy. I think, for all intents and purposes, the, the what I'm getting is consensual sex between two people talking about um, not wanting to come early, uh, whether it be through... Um, for the purposes of edging, 
um, or through the, you know, just the purpose of, you know, having longer sex. Uh, There's really, I'm not really getting any read um, of anything that uh, really, um, you know, dastardly or weird is going. It is definitely horny. It is definitely gay, but creepy. No, Um, I'm going to give it a very low number. I'm going to give it like a, I'm going to give it a 0.7. Wow. I think it is. I think it's, I think that it, it could easily stray into creepy territory, but I don't think it's creepy. I think it's. I you know I I agree with you to an extent. I I I could see how this can be a very sexy song. I could see listening to the song in a gay club, being gay, and seeing a guy looking at me with these boom boom like that beat going, mm-hmm. and then a couple people just talking about you know when they're gonna come and being into it. I don't I don't really get creepy from it. I get uh the music video is maybe a little bo- bit more creepy. But I think it's mostly because it's a bunch of kinks that I'm not into. It's also a spitting bunch of in someone's m- face. Men just... attack, like you know, like right. you know, basically yeah. attacking him when they yeah, put him on the stage. But the song I think has a very low creep factor for me. Adam Logan, either of you? So was your number? Point seven. Point seven. Whole integers only. <laughs> this isn't trivia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here we do the Olympic system. Ah, so I think the song and the video have different scores. To sure. me, hearing the song, it's very liberating because it's very – I like songs that make straight people uncomfortable. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, so, I mean yeah. – Seth's your target audience. I wouldn't say I – mean, I'm not – go ahead, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> so the song for me is a zero. Okay. In terms of creep back Flat zero. In terms of like the lyrics and everything like that because – I think, like you point, as Seth pointed out, like creep comes from like, I think power imbalances. Yeah. Where this oh, song okay. is actually very anti that. It's you know, it's communicating. It's it's consensual. Yeah. It's you know communicating with your partner. It's practicing safe sex. You know, not inside me. That line. So for me, it's a zero. The music video, I'd say, is a um, point five. Okay. Or maybe yeah, point five only because of the power imbalance of like the emperor mm-hmm. at the start and you can almost see almost like in a uh, like a spartacus moment where the emperor is wearing no clothes oh which wow maybe that's what wow, they're going wow. For as well. that's great that's a um, that's that's a that's great symbolism so because he literally I did not pick up on that off. at all yeah so that power imbalance is broken and then everyone goes from just leering around the bar to actually like you know Hanging out, doing their massive piss play orgy at the end, like at most at the end of most Disney movies. Um, <laughs> so, for me, it is a point five only because it has that existing power imbalance where it goes for like he's the outsider. He goes through the whole hero's journey, really. You could say through this music video. Yeah, um, a thousand cum shots. Yeah, um, I like the part so, where Ariel gets her voice back. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, the music video point five for me, but the song in itself is a, a zero. And what about you? So I very much agree. The song is a zero. Um, there is there's not that power imbalance. It's and I went back to the lyrics as I was like, there is something that could be creepy about relax. Just do it. Like there is mm-hmm. there is that, but then it's when you want to go to it. Okay. So it really it, it does like I wanted to I wanted to double check and I want to be like mm, relax could be like that could be a word that would piss me off. Yeah. You know what I mean? If someone just said, well, just relax, because that's 
not it, cool. It does for the listeners at home. That does piss Logan off if you just say, <laughs> relax, calm down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my wife loves that. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Um, But no, I, I, this definitely is very consensual. It's very, like, instructional. It's telling you what the person likes, what's going on. I'm here for that. The video, at first I was going to say it's also a zero for me. Because, again, like, I joked about it a little bit before, but I've, I've literally written papers on, like, underground communities and, like, kink culture um, when I was studying cultural anthropology. So, like, it's nothing too far out of the norm for me. Um, but then bringing up the Nero thing, like, that really does up, like, his existence in the video, the putting people in the Iron Maiden that do not look like they're safe, sane, and consensual, um, throwing someone to an actual lion. Um, hello, animal abuse. Um, I don't know. That that brings it to anywhere between... If he didn't have a power imbalance involved, like if his presence was there, but he's not literally putting people in torture devices that look like they don't want to be in the torture devices, mm-hmm. it would be a zero. But I'm going to put it at a three. Okay. Uh, I didn't give a music video rating, so I feel I, I feel left out. I would give the music video one point two. Uh, I think I think that it's uh, you know I, I might have normally gone higher, but uh, getting your all's input on um, you know that kind of club scene that I obviously don't have any knowledge of really. Um, it was very interesting and very enlightening hearing you know um, you know that the, the different viewpoint of someone who has written papers on it has you know experienced it knows a lot about it so thank you for that uh tune in next week when you see mark with his new forward-thinking co-hosts uh, <laughs> and not the one that just gave a five to a gay positive song um no but i think that it's totally fine to, it, uh, to this be... is just me i'm sorry no, i i i, I, I don't want to make apologies for for who i am and maybe i'm maybe i'm seeing it wrong this song since i was a kid and to this day sounds edgy and creepy to me. I mean, the sound overall. Mm. I, I know we just went over lyrics and I know went over went, uh, went over all of that, but it just it doesn't sound like what... And, and I do have to admit that oftentimes when I hear songs like that, part of that draws me in. Yeah. And makes me like the song. The, the danger aspect to it. The, you know, people love jumping out of airplanes, freaking drinking the things that they shouldn't. There is, there is an aspect to it. It just sounds. It, the song sounds creepy. Talking about coming that much is just kind of a little it, bit of a. Yeah. It gives a little bit of a creepy vibe. It's a me. little obsessive. It is. It yeah. is talking. The word "come" probably is featured in the song. So I would much. guess north of thirty times. Yeah. So it it's definitely unlike other song. songs that we've done. This is a. I, I I don't think I said it at any point. I like the song. It's a good yeah. song. I enjoy the song. When this song comes on, I don't turn it off. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of times yeah. we talk at the end of episodes about whether or not. We are going to ever listen to this song again. I will listen to this song. Walk again. on the ocean. Yeah. There are some songs yeah. oh, I'll listen Train, to that song a million yeah. times. Train, oh, I'm sorry. I will never listen to Train, it again. I'm sorry. Uh, there are some songs where I've always hated them, and getting to state how much I hate the song is like my I'm never going to listen to the song again. Finally, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I can bury this song. I meant Breakfast at Breakfast Tiffany's. Breakfast at Tiffany's yes, is one of them. I cannot stand. I that don't know song. that song, but I love that movie. Oh well, well great the, movie. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. I just remembered. Yeah, it's it's mid. Oh, is there, oh, oh, oh. You can you're talking about Mickey Rooney. Yeah, Mickey yeah, Rooney. Yeah, we, we went over that. Fully yeah. does not need to be in the fucking movie at all. It doesn't need yeah. to be in the world just, at all. Yeah, just it have it be about Audrey Hepburn. Yes, yeah. agreed. You can listen to that episode on Lyrics to Go. Oh. <laughs> um, but uh, Adam, Logan. My God. Thank you guys so much, so, so much 
for taking your time out and for giving us your insight. Is there anything you guys want to plug? Uh, no nonsense trivia on Wednesdays at Nice Guys. Hey, there you go. There you go. They had to deal with the block of ice where you will often see they Logan they and Adam kicking ass, taking names. <laughs> Under the name Ronald Reagan's grave is a gender, gender neutral bathroom, bathroom, which is which the is one of the best, best. names ever. It's so good, you guys history. stuck with it. Absolutely, yeah. I remember the first couple of times y'all played. You could hear gasps yes. and laughter coming from everybody, and I loved I it. I laughed my ass off the I first time I heard that. I could not get enough of thing it. Ever. Yes, thank you, and thank you all for coming out. And I guess something for me to plug in reference to, um, since we're talking about queer issues and gay issues, and especially in the earlier part of the show when, you know, currently in Florida there are over 20, 20. anti-LGBTQ bills um one organization that is fighting back which you can join either through donations or by volunteering uh i would recommend equality florida they are the largest uh statewide lgbtq rights organization and they're having several events you can go on mobilize dot us slash equality florida to look up their upcoming events um and they're really reaching all communities in florida all counties so you'll probably have a pride you may not have no doubt in the your town or if not the neighboring town where they'll be out needing some volunteers to um fight the good fight that's excellent thank you what a what a wonderful thing to turn off on um seth anything from you i can't top anything that we've done here today um (laughs) i mean uh, can you bottom (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um thank you so much guys i appreciate it you guys uh did uh, you did us. everything that we hoped that you would do, um, and, and then more? Some. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I'm so glad. I th- this is gonna definitely rank. I mean, I laughed more in this episode. I learned more in this episode than maybe just about it. We lived, we laughed, we loved. We did. We need to get we that are... live, laugh, lens sign up in your bedroom. <laughs> I talked about that. We certainly um, do. But uh, yeah, thanks so much for being here, guys. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for your insight. Thanks for your knowledge and your opinions. We appreciate those real ones. And, uh, and Mark, thank you, dear listener. And thank, thank you for listening. And thank you, dear Mark. What are we going to do next week? Next week, we are going to do a song that's going to hurt you a little bit to do. We're going back into the Rolling Stones catalog to do Fuck. Under My Thumb. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's a great yeah. song, and Love it's got vibraphone song. on it. But and it's got so much. And it's and it's, we've got some this stuff is, to this talk about. This is classic lyrics to go. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we will be back next week uh, with uh, Under My Thumb by the Rolling Stones, so make sure you listen to it. And until then, we will see you next Monday with more Lyrics to Go. Thanks a lot for listening. Our theme song was done by Exploding Pages. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for songs or lyrics, you can send them to lyrics to go pod at gmail.com. We'll be back here next week. <laughs>